Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one, two, three, and we are a go. Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast. We don't have much on tap for you this week. Um, we're just going to continue, you know, on a week by week basis of, you know, just giving our takes as the NFL season continues. It was a wild, it was a wild week nine in the National Football League across both the AFC and the NFC, actually. So we're going to discuss our takes from week nine. We're also going to talk, you know, we're going to bring back the weekly wager segment, although probably one of us is wondering why we're doing this because I'm pretty sure I at least shit the bed once again with my weekly wager picks, including my mortal lock. Um, but we'll figure that. We'll see if I do better this week. And then we're just going to, you know, go into the state of the Sabres because they are on a now five-game losing streak including losing last night to, well, Monday night. Tonight's Tuesday as we record. So losing their last game Monday to the Washington Capitals. And then they also lost their last home game against the Detroit Red Wings after blowing a 3-1 to lead in the game. And they lost 3-4 of on their West Coast trip, hence their five-game losing streak. But before we get into that and the weekly wager, we're going to kick things off with our weekly NFL talk and our takes from week nine wild Sunday happened all across the league. So I'm going to begin with this boy. Was I wrong about the Dallas Cowboys being the best team in the NFC? Holy shit. I swear to God. I think they just decided not to come off the bus that on Sunday. I mean, Denver was up 30 to nothing on them and Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott and practically everybody on the offense for the Dallas Cowboys, whether it was Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, the offensive line in general, like it's almost as if like the Broncos didn't have like the Broncos defense didn't have a reason to show up, didn't have a reason to be on the field. Like that was just a complete like shit show performance from the Cowboys on both sides of the ball. I couldn't believe it. Like I feel like I cur- like maybe it's a curse. Maybe I cursed them. Saying by saying that they're the best team in the NFC. But, I mean, I'm glad that they lost because I'm a Giants fan. But still, wow, I did not expect that at all. I'll have you with your insight on that there, sir. I mean, no one did expect that to come out at all. I mean, to lose, uh, they didn't even deserve to score this game, in my opinion, the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, you look at it, Dak just didn't look like himself. This whole team didn't look like just looked out of character this whole game. Um, I mean, they really didn't score points until the garbage time with like, what was it? They didn't start scoring until like 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter. They got their first points. The yeah. They got their first points, like almost like halfway through the fourth, which means 75% of the game was already done at that yeah, point. It was just garbage time points for their 16. This game really, I mean, the brought like it look, clearly looks closer. Look at the final score; it kind of looks closer, but it, the, the, this final score represents nothing. The Cowboys played like absolute dog shit, and the Denver Broncos just absolutely ran away with this game, and no one expected it. I mean, 
Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, he's not like a special quarterback, but he's one of those quarterbacks. I mean, you kind of saw it in Carolina last year. Granted, Carolina wasn't good, but he's just one of those quarterbacks that can do enough to win you games. And, I mean, they got a hell of a rushing performance, um, excuse yeah, but- me, from Javante Williams, who had over 110 yards rushing on the day. And, I mean, this Cowboys defense just looked like the Cowboys defense from last year, which everyone thought the Cowboys' downfall was going to be. But this week, it was both offense and defense let this team down just on both sides of the ball were not winning games. I mean, they had two turnovers. Dallas only had, like I think, 14, 14 or 15 first downs in the game, which isn't that great. And, I mean, they, they only had – they only possessed the ball for – I think I saw this on ESPN. I saw a, a tweet of it. It was only for like 20 minutes of the game they had possession, and Denver had possession for over 40. So, I mean, you're never going to win football games that way, especially only putting up 290 total yards of offense. I mean, come on. This is not the team that me and you had expected from this uh, Dallas team. Me and you both thought they were clearly a contender coming out of the NFC. Now, granted, I still do think – they are a top contender in the NFC just based on the week we had saw all around football. Like in that one o'clock slate, I think all but one of the underdogs had won the game. Um, so maybe it was just the week of the underdogs, um, to be honest, because I don't re- I mean, we saw so many underdogs win and it's just you just look at the whole week and you're like, how did any of this happen? Yes, but, I agree. There. So I that's why I don't I'm clearly not ready to write Dallas off. Um, it was just one of those kind of games where I, I think you're every team is allowed to have one or two a season. I'm um, just one of those games where just nothing goes good for you, and I'm sure there's a couple more teams, especially I want to get into one who just didn't want to show up for this week for whatever reason. We'll get into whether that it next. Just be, whether it just be just middle of the season's hitting and everyone's like, oh, boy, let's get into the, the, the grimy part of the season where, like, everyone's – all teams are banged up now and, like, this is where football gets exciting because this is where you see teams like this is where we're going to see who the real, the real contenders are compared to the pretenders is this point of the season where all the injuries come into play. And granted, if your team can stay healthy, you're looking really good for the rest of the season, whether you're a good or a bad team, because the healthier you stay, the better you're going to be record wise throughout the rest of this season. Hey, like you, you said it best. This is the part of the season, like week nine, week 10, week 11. Like it's, this is where the men are separated from the boys. Um, This is where the pretenders are separated from the contenders. Yes. Dallas had a blip. I'm not writing off the Cowboys at all either, but I'm definitely not saying they're the best team in the NFC anymore either as well. um, Based off of that performance, the Broncos had a game plan executed it to perfection. Okay. The defense played exceptionally well. Maybe they should have traded Von Miller weeks ago. Who knows? But, um, uh, no, the rushing attack of Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon actually played a phenomenal game as well on offense. And Dallas's offense just stayed on the bus. I mean, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, those two main catalysts for that offense, like, they looked like Dak and Z- – like, people were questioning if Dak was actually 100%. People were questioning, like, wh- about Zeke as well. But my thing is, is like, it's just a bad game. It was a blip. Everybody has one. Everybody has a bad game or two throughout the season. It happens. Okay. The Cowboys will look, the Cowboys will look to bounce back against Atlanta. Dan Quinn reuniting against his former team. But the thing is, though, is they have to get back to work. My thing is, is that you can't overlook. 
Dallas probably saw this as an easy game on the schedule because Bound to be, especially coming off against that win, with especially coming off that win against the Vikings two Sundays ago on Sunday Night Football, Dallas probably saw this as an opportunity like, oh, it's Denver, easy win here. They're not doing too good. Denver has five wins now, but we'll get into that more later. So they're not a terrible. They're not a terrible team. I do want to go into the um, Dak thing. I do think he should have sat out one more week. Um, the problem was Jerry Jones said Dak was going to start this week no matter what, and I am convinced he wanted Dak to start to put asses in the seats because it was a home game for Dallas. Whereas I think Dak probably isn't at 100%, and I don't get why Jerry's forcing him. And then now, granted, if Dak said he's ready to go, which he did, I, I get he did say he was ready to go last week, but Jerry, it was all up to Jerry Jones, and Jerry Jones didn't let him go. But then this week coming, Jerry Jones said Dak's going no matter what. So it's all, you do kind of question whether he was 100% healthy. Um, he didn't really have a terrible game per se. But it was well, all garbage was, points. Yeah, it was exactly. all garbage it was all, time stuff. It was all garbage time stuff. And, I mean, he he threw 20 incompletions, which is terrible as well. So it was almost questions like, should he have just sat out one more week, considering um, what's-his-face, their uh, backup didn't look bad last week. No, Cooper Rush did not look Cooper bad. Rush, the defense played exceptionally well against the Vikings team that is in purgatory, like we say. One week they're good, next week they're bad. Um, but like, or very inconsistent as we say, but my thing is, is that because the offense failed to show up the defense, it fell solely and the game fell solely on the defense's performances. And if the defense didn't perform well, you knew it was going to be a disaster and catastrophe did happen last week for the Cowboys. But like I said, the Broncos are really no slouch. I mean, they have five wins. They they're five and four. Like nobody saw the Broncos being five and four in the AFC West. Everybody kind of saw most people kind of saw them being like, you know, last place in the division, but we'll get into that later though. But the Cowboys, it's a blip. Don't panic. Dallas Cowboys fans probably will panic because well, they're just Cowboys fans and they don't have anything else, but they, they will panic because the networks will make them want to panic. But Cowboys fans, you're fine. You're playing a garbage division. You have control of your own destiny. Move on to Atlanta, one game at a time. Exactly. It's a week-by-week league. And I know it's an old saying, but all these, all these guys are paid to play football. They're all world-class football players. So you can never overlook anyone on your schedule. I don't care what the other team's record is. Everyone's in the NFL for a reason. Any given Sunday. Exactly. And this was any given Sunday, literally, inch by inch. Uh, and and all the quote, and the quote from Al Pacino in that movie, um, and when they're in the scene when they're in the locker room. You know, you just got to take it inch by inch or whatever. But Exactly. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint, the NFL season. So one hiccup in your schedule, I'm not too worried about it unless you keep getting hiccups like consistently. You If, you're, if you know you're a good team, you don't worry about one game. I mean, all, all the great teams have lost bad games where they should have won before. Oh, yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, well, we'll move. I, I'm glad that you brought that up because I've got another team that probably should have won their game last week, and their entire team just forgot to show up. It's almost as if they didn't even leave New York State en route to Jacksonville, and that's your Buffalo Bills. The defense showed up. 
what? Yeah, the defense. Well, the defense did show up, but they still lost the game. Your offense completely failed to show up, and that's a combination of the offensive line, the the lack of a running game, and your quarterback also forgot to show up too. What the hell happened? Um. So all around, the offense looked like dog shit. I saw. So I saw online a lot of people blaming Dayball. Um. But it all comes down to the offensive line. I, we were missing two starters, which, granted, it shouldn't have looked as bad as it did. But Josh Allen was pressured 20 – I believe the final said he was pressured 26 times and was sacked four times. Um, and he's thrown two interceptions, which Josh Allen's only thrown three interceptions through this whole season so far. He threw two this week. Um, but this all comes down to the our offensive line just not being able to protect Josh Allen and Jacksonville's secondary just ended like being able to stay man to man with the Bills receivers. Jacksonville was just sitting the just two uh, two safeties back and basically playing man to man all game. And they realized they could do this with the with the rush they were getting from their line on Josh Allen, where he was scrambling all game. It looked like Josh Allen had like a JV high school team blocking for him, and he had to end up trying to play hero ball, which I didn't mind this week because nothing was working for this team at all. I mean. People were blaming Dayball, saying he should have changed up the game plan. How can you change up a game plan when your running backs are getting 0.2 yards uh, average before contact? That's yeah, before contact. Yeah, your running running back tandem is not the greatest in the league. I'm sure there are worse running help. back it, tandems, but they're certainly in the bottom half. Yeah, it doesn't help Zach Moss got injured, who has been the Bills' clear number one this season, who actually hasn't played terrible compared to his rookie season. Um, and it just didn't help. Like our offensive line just couldn't block anything. Like it was literally every single time Josh Allen basically in the backfield scrambling for his life. And that's what this game, in my opinion, is come down to. Because if your defense can hold a team to nine points, um, if your defense can hold a team to nine points, you should be winning that football game. Um, this game kind of reminded me of the 2017 uh, playoff game when the Bills actually went to Jacksonville. All that for a field goal. Yeah, but my thing was there. McDermott had a couple questionable calls about not about declining that penalty on third and five instead of pushing him out of field goal range and having him go for a third and ten or whatever it would have been at that point in the game. Instead, he left it up for the kicker to make like a fifty-five yard field goal, which he did. Um, it was just an all-around bad day. I mean, the broadcast was terrible. I mean, there were so many penalties called that they never showed a replay. I don't know how much of the game you watched. But they. Oh, I was watching Red Zone. I, I told you straight up on the podcast last week, I was anticipating a murder to happen, so I decided not to watch it. I went over to I went over to a friend's and we watched Red Zone, and thankfully Red Zone, well, Red Zone didn't have anything to show for that game because no touchdowns. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, so yeah, so if you watched the game, you would have saw that the broadcast didn't show any of the penalties they called. There was no replay shown of the penalty, so you're kind of just sitting there questioning what happened. At one point, Mitch Trubisky got a personal foul called on him while he is on our COVID list. Um, they, the refs were a mess um, for both teams. I, a lot of people were complaining about the refs online. For oh, boy. Somebody screwed the Bills. Touch the man that, that has COVID. Great. Yeah, does, that, does that surprise you? Um, people complain about the refs online? No, it doesn't. But guess what? The refs were bad both ways. Yes, it, it, it is bad when they're obvious calls that like really did – kind of hurt the end of the game. But I almost just question on the Bills' last drive when they had fourth and 16, um, why not just have uh, Tyler Bass go out there and try what would have been a 63-yard field goal? 
because clearly the offense wasn't working. So why not just try to put the game in head legs? Because if there's one other kicker in the NFL, in my opinion, um, this isn't even like biasy on me. I think Tyler Bass is the only other kicker in the NFL that would have the balls to step up there and actually hit a 63-yarder minus Justin Tucker. Um, I, I just question why we just don't go for that, considering we haven't been able to do anything on offense all day. I just say, okay, if he misses, he misses. If he makes it, he makes it. And let leave it up to that and then hopefully try to win in overtime. But this game was just all around bad. I mean, the offensive line clearly had real issues. I, I get they're missing Feliciano and Spencer Brown, but that is no excuse. This offensive line needs a big, big revamp in the offseason. And it kind of makes you question, did, uh, did Brandon Bean even try to make moves for an offensive lineman at the deadline? or not. Um, I know that offensive linemen don't really move as much, but it's almost like this, that's the one part of the team you're missing. So why not have that? Like this all, this game all came down to the offensive line and I grant Josh Allen didn't play like dog shit as well throughout the game, but it's almost like what other quarterback could do anything more than what Josh Allen had done with that offensive line in front of him. No. It, kind of, it, it looked like the Chiefs in the Super Bowl where Mahomes was just scrambling for his life the whole game, and they ended up not scoring a touchdown, and everyone wanted, uh, everyone was trying to save Mahomes' ass by saying the offensive line was terrible. But now when this happens to Josh Allen, it's like, oh, Josh Allen's regressing. But it's just, the AFC has been funny this year. The AFC we, has been funny we look, this It's year. like, whatever team, you, whatever team you put on top, you're like, okay, they're the best team in the AFC. They will go and lose. They lose next week. Yeah, we have said how many teams are great in the AFC, and they have all gone on to loss. Lose. Exactly. It, and it's almost like that with the MVP candidacy, too. It's like, all right, here's our MVP. Then next, week it, changes. next week it changes. Next week it changes. And all of a sudden it's like, damn, what the hell's going on? It's like every single time you get a team that you're going to pick, like clearly right now the Titans are the favorite in the AFC. And yes, now us, yes, saying, yes, and us yes. and people saying that, me... the Titans are going to go and lose next week if the math is correct because that's what happened all season. Pretty much, that's pretty much that's what's happened. But let me get in here, chime in about your uh, about your Buffalo Bills here, real quick. Then we're going into then we're going to go into the rest of the AFC map because those because the Titans definitely because the before I go into the Bills, the Titans definitely surprised me. And well, not then we'll get into the two other divisions after that. But no. The Bills' offense just didn't show up in general. I mean, yeah, there are a lot to blame there. You can blame Dabble. You can blame Allen. You can blame the offensive line. It's, it will go down to the offensive line because it their offensive line is atrocious. It should have been addressed. Some It should have been addressed at the trade deadline, um, and it wasn't. I know that, like you said, the trade deadline in the NFL is honestly overhyped. Not much gets done. It's not like the baseball MLB trade deadline where crazy trades happen out of nowhere or the NBA trade deadline. Actually, no, the NBA trade deadline is like the NFL trade deadline or even like the NHL trade line trade deadline, actually, where, you know, moves do happen that you don't expect. But the trade deadline in the NFL, very quiet, overhyped. Who knows? We don't know what Brandon Bean did. I'm going to really say that he really didn't do anything, in my honest opinion, but that's just me. Um, but this was a game that Buffalo should have won. This is a game that Buffalo should have won. From what I was seeing, apparent from what from what aspects of the game that I was seeing, like when I like when they, when it was shown on Red Zone, following along on social media, probably I probably should not have done that because the Buffalo Beat Reporter fanboys were 
bitching and moaning. Uh, GM Bill's Twitter was uh, complaining. They still have been as of late, too, and it's almost Wednesday. Uh, move on to the Jets, if you don't mind me saying. That's, that's exactly where I, I, I was going to touch on that as well. It's like every team can have a blip. Like, don't don't just be like, oh. Don't harp on all, it. Don't all of a sudden, oh, now we're not Super Bowl contenders because of one game. Granted, I, I get it's easy to say that, but if you the see. The division team, has gotten interesting, though. Guess who's one game back? He's I not know. going away. Mr. Bill Belichick has that New England Patriots team working miracles right now. It's um, 2001 all over again in New England, if you ask me. They've got, they've, got, they've got a game manager quarterback who's not making any mistakes right now and, and rookie Mac Jones. Um, you know, the defense is playing exceptionally well, and they're just, you know, pretty much, you know, run the ball, get dumb passes off, get what you need, have the offense do what you need to do. Yeah, they're We're taking back. advantage of an easy – they're taking advantage of their easy games throughout their schedule, and they're making it count because right now – I. I would like to go back. I, I, the Patriots beat the Chargers last week, and I don't think the Chargers are a great team anymore from how they look. It's almost like every single team like that we all thought was going to be great just doesn't look great. Anymore. No, there are no true contenders. If you Actually, no, Tennessee is the true contender in the AFC. Tennessee is. On... The Ravens, for some reason, love to get down in games, and that's going to come back to bite them in the ass at some point this season. The Ravens love to start losing games and then try to make a miraculous. We'll hit the North in a little bit there. I've got I've got takes on the North, um, but yeah, no Bills fans. I don't know why you're why you're complaining. I mean, it was a blip. It was a blip. It was a big blip though. The Jacksonville Jaguars won their first game on American soil since Week One of last season. So I'm la- I am laughing about that. I have laughed about that for a couple days mainly because. Fans on Twitter still are harping on it. Get over it. You're on to the Jets. New England is a game and is a game back of the Bills. Half a game. And half game. Whatever. Um, half game. Game. Whatever. I. They're 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 creeping it's, up. It means the same thing. It means the same thing. They're creeping up. They're creeping up in the division. Everybody thought that this was the. That's why your fa- That's why the fan base, the Bills Mafia, is like starting to like shake in their boots a little bit. I should say. Um, they're because- not used because. So expectation with expectation becomes um, what's the saying? Expectation isn't well, the expectations are higher than they usually are have been for the Bills. Exactly, and I think that's why they, people are freaking out. And it's like, look at look at the Buccaneers act, last year. Act got, like you've been here before. Exactly. Look at the Buccaneers last year. They got blown out to the Saints in week one or two, whatever it was. And then all of a sudden, not, they were going win the Super Bowl. And just kind of brush that game behind. That's what Buffalo, in my opinion, needs to do. Um, and I want to throw our weekly shout out to Plaiska here. Plaiska, that Facebook take was terrible. It's asking if it's too early to pay Josh Allen. Oh yeah, I did see that. That was this, terrible. Josh Allen clearly is a franchise quarterback of this team. I mean, look what he has done this season. Before this game, Josh Allen has not. I mean, minus week one, um, has not played a bad game this season. Really, I mean, every single game they've scored over. Every single game they scored over 21 points besides this Jaguars game. I mean, this the Josh Allen is not the issue, Paiska. So that I that that take was terrible. I hope you listen to this. Um, you should probably delete that. Um, that might have been probably the worst take I've seen over social media. Um, besides uh besides one I saw saying we need to get rid of Brandon Bean. I think that was my that, Who that said that, if you don't mind me asking. It was some it was someone on Twitter. I don't follow him. It was this one, the one that came up in likes. Um, someone said we gotta get rid of Bean. 
Jesus. Okay, so I hate when that happens. You just see some rando doing that. Uh God. Uh GM GM Bill's Twitter at it again. I see. Um uh yeah, don't panic. I mean, if you guys lose if the Bills lose to the Jets next week, then I would start to panic. I mean, yeah, then we have issues. Then you have issues. But we're gonna move on to the only to the team that we think is the only contender in the AFC, which means if we think they're the contender of the AFC, they're going to lose next week. Mm-hmm. And that is the Tennessee Titans, who went into Los Angeles. Completely under, com- like complete underdogs. Nobody gave them a chance. I didn't give them a chance. You didn't give them a chance. The networks didn't give them a chance. And they went in, and they made the Rams look silly. So was this a good? So my thing is, is like you talked about how every team has a blip. Like, was this a good, w- a very good win for the Tennessee Titans, or was it, or or was this a bad loss for the Rams, or was this just a blip for the Rams, and the Rams are going to be fine? I feel like it's a little um, bit of. I think I think it's a little bit of both. I it is a good win for Tennessee because the Rams are a good team, and the way in which the Rams had lost it was a blip because Matt Stafford definitely you could see when he got pressured looked looked very uncomfortable where you never really see Matt Stafford get uncomfortable. Reminded me like of that. Matt Stafford in Detroit a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say that because Matt Stafford had always put up the stats in Detroit with the team he had and people clearly never really wanted to I'm talking about that. when they played good teams well, when Detroit yeah. actually played good teams he looked the, that, but that's a bad that's a bad comparison so I'll take that back there because Detroit's a bad organization altogether yeah the only reason like I I, I don't want to use that comparison is because when Matt Stafford was in Detroit that team was just bad all around so like when they played good teams he kind of had to try to play that hero ball and not that he looked uncomfortable he was trying to do stuff that he normally wouldn't do um, so that's where I think that one. I think this game was just a blip because I think the Titans do have a solid defense. I mean, look, they came in, um, they beat the t- Tennessee Titans have beaten good teams this year. I mean, they beat the Bills and Chiefs back to back. Um, they beat the Colts. Um, they in overtime. They yeah, came they, back and won in overtime. Yeah, they beat the Colts twice actually this season. Um, and now they beat the Rams. Like that I lost mean, to a Jets still looms over them though. Yeah, that, that see that's just one of those blips of the schedules. So you're gonna look exactly. back, you're gonna look back at that in the schedule, and that's why I'm looking at this Jaguars loss for the Bills. It's like how did you lose to this team? Because for I don't want to go back to the Bills, but I'm looking at that Pittsburgh loss. Now it's like that's not as bad of a loss as people think it is because Pittsburgh. I know we're gonna get into the North. Isn't a bad team either. Nope. So I have to take AFC, on that one there. The AFC is just so wide open. But I think this Titans team, um, it's time to give them their flowers as a good team. Um, I think we're going to put a jinx on them because last time I gave a team of their flowers and the Cincinnati Bengals, they kind of just fell off the face of the earth. At, at least we weren't like Dan Orlovsky saying that the Cincinnati Bengals were the biggest threat to the Buffalo Bills. That has definitely come back to bite him in the ass. And that man actually gets paid to talk shit out of his mouth. Yeah, I would just like to point out too, um, I know I skipped, I meant to say this earlier, um, but you and the Manning cast are the reason for the Bills' loss because this is two weeks in a Fuck row now. You, 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 have given us, you. you have given us certified locks and both those certified locks have lost. And Fuck no one has won you. after seeing the Manning cast a week before. So there was a double jinx on us. And if you give a, if you give a certified lock this week, you everyone just needs to bet against that. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay. It's not my fault that the Bills offense stayed on the bus or didn't even get on the plane to Jacksonville. How was I how are we supposed to know this? Okay. And don't and stop blaming me for that Cincinnati loss to the Jets. We didn't expect Mike White to ball out. No, I am because that's two weeks in a row, two certified locks that have just not hit and it's not looking good for you as the home team right now. 
Yeah, it's not looking good. It's not looking good for me in the weekly wager. I know I'm not good. Uh, I never said I was good at this. Okay, that is, that is true. I feel like uh, I feel like Stu Finer on the Barstool Sports Advisors, just like yelling random shit. All right. Although I'm not as crazy as that motherfucker because he's probably on fucking crack all the time. But moving on, the Titans are a very good football team. Like you said, we probably jinxed them. They're probably going to lose next week. The Rams, they're also a very good football team. They had a blip. Okay. They're still, they still control their own destiny in a way. Yes, they fall a game back behind the Cardinals after the Cardinals uh, won against the Niners, who the Cardinals actually did not have Kyler Murray. They did not have DeAndre Hopkins. They do, uh, and they lost Chase Edmonds, and he will be out for a few weeks as well because he sustained a injury in the first quarter, which will keep him sidelined for a few weeks. Um, but Colt McCoy, James Conner, and the re- and the remaining healthy crew <laughs> did what they needed to do. So the the Cardinals. That's where this is where I'm going to jinx the Cardinals now because I'm going to change my top and tie my team in the AF, in the NFC and I'm going to say they're the best team in the NFC right now because you know so it's, it's going to change next week now but yeah um it's going I, to change yeah. next week yeah I really I didn't, think know, that, I didn't know Colt McCoy was still in the league to be completely honest well um, we also didn't know Duck Hodges was in Canada until is, we we researched that one. That is true. Me and you are just not good with the backup quarterbacks, I guess. Do not nobody ask... nobody's good with the backup quarterbacks. <laughs> Unless you're an NFL freak, yes, you are not. Um, but no, I mean this I I I didn't expect Arizona to lose this game, just how bad San Francisco has been all season. Yeah, they've been terrible. I, I just didn't expect them to win in the kind of the fashion that I get James Conner kind of had himself a day. Um, and how often are we gonna see that from him, to be completely honest? I mean, he's going to probably have a few days now because Chase Edmonds is going to be out for a couple, for at least three weeks, um, maybe even four, maybe even four because of the injury he has sustained. I mean, James Conner has also been more of running back one in that rushing tandem anyways, which has kind of upset me because I drafted Chase Edmonds in my fantasy league, and every time that he and every time I see James Conner score a touchdown, I just go, oh, fuck you, you asshole. <laughs> But, yeah, no, I, I expected the Cardinals to win this game just not in the fashion they did. But I am on board with you as they are the best team right now in the NFC. Um, Hopefully they can take advantage of kind of an easy schedule until they get healthy again because they really – they got the Panthers, Seahawks, and then Bears until they have to see the Rams again. My so, thing is is that the only loss I – I mean, the only team that I could see them giving a tough time would be the Seahawks. And that the only reason why I say that is because the NFC West – other than, yeah, there's a few blips in their matchups sometimes, but like Cardinal, like when the Seahawks, it's always weird. So nine times out of ten, when those division opponents meet in that div- like like they meet in that division for divisional matchups, they always have really good games for nine times out of ten. This was the one time out of ten where you saw like it was a blip. I mean, you in in like this in everything there. Like Arizona just flat out had a better game against San Francisco, and the Niners have looked, and the Niners have just stayed in true form of being very, very not a very good football team this year. So that is why I'm saying the Cardinals are the best team in the league. Um, obviously, it hurts my Kyler Murray not playing, hurts my uh, take on him still being an MVP candidate because I'm pretty sure if he played. He probably would have balled out, but the thing is, though, is I can't play Monday morning quarterback and say that he would have because, well, we all know he did not play. So we'll never know what would have happened. 
But that's my take on the Cardinals. I think the Rams are still fine. Um, the, those two will be vying for not only the division title, obviously, in the NFC West, but they also could be vying for that top seed overall in the NFC where they can get that prestigious bye week. My thing is, is in that division, based on how the rest of the NFC goes, um, I really think that whoever wins the NFC West will probably have the one seed. And then the other team, and then and then the team that comes, which will suck, because whoever comes in second, because of how tough the, how, how well those teams have been playing. Whoever comes in second at that division is going to be a five seed, if you ask me. I mean, that's looking way towards the end of the season right now, but that's going to be pretty insane. Like if Arizona, like if Arizona and the Rams, like say they win out, Arizona is going to have one loss, have the one seed. And the Rams are going to have two 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 losses now, and they can be and they're going to be a five seed, and they're going to be going to like a four, and they're going to be going to the four seed, and they could have anywhere from three to five, and say they have like three to five losses, it'll be insane. Yeah, they'll probably go play. I'm assuming they're probably going to be playing whoever comes out of the NFC beast, which right now it's probably looking like it's going to be the. Cowboys. Uh, I, I hate to break it to you, Jeremy, but the Cowboys. Oh no! I, uh, hey, 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 I, I understand that completely. But the thing is, though, is like in, you know, seven, seven. But they, they might be the best. The, the Rams. Whoever gets that five seed is going to be the, I think, the best five seed ever. I think like, the best five seed. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's just unfair seed. that both these teams are in the same division now. But guess what? That's what football is, and they are two of the scariest teams in football. In my opinion, and I get the Rams has had a blip, whatever. Look past it. They're still two of the best teams in football. Exactly. They're going to be there. I mean, hey, I've said this. I said this like way when we were talking, like when the season started. I said Arizona was going to be a dark horse. I've said that all along, and people don't want to listen to me. Guess what? I agree with you, but like I said, when they get to playoffs, they're going to have to learn to crawl before they learn to walk, and that's still my stance on them. I'm fine with your stance on that. I just said they're going to be a dark horse. Dark horse doesn't mean – dark horse means that they can make a surprise. I think that they can make a surprise in the playoffs if when when that time comes. If they get the one one seed, though, it's hard to say they're a dark horse. This is very true. I'm. I didn't expect them to be seven and one right now. I don't think I, anyone did. I think as a dark I think horse, people thought, with you were like they were like maybe squeezing into a wild card. I don't think anyone saw them winning this division. I think everyone kind of looked at the Rams as the favorite coming out of this division. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But like you said, both teams are two of the best teams in football. They're certainly in my time. They're certainly in the. They're certainly in. Uh, well, actually, no, they. They're definitely in the top five. I mean, if you had to ask me, I think the top five teams in football would be Tennessee, Arizona, the Rams, the Bucks, and I still have the Cowboys there. Uh, yeah, me too. I'm not. I'm not worried about this loss for Dallas at all. Um, I, I I I completely agree with you. Um, but a quick question is. Is the AFC just a bad conference, or is there a better competition in the AFC than there's the NFC, or is the NFC just have their just top dogs who are just better than everyone? Because it, it, it's so weird looking at those two divisions right now. Conferences, where, yes. Where, or conferences, excuse me. Um, oh, where you're looking at like possibly a 10 win team coming out of the AFC, and in the NFC, you're probably looking at an 11 to a 12 win team like getting a wild card. I mean. The I AFC don't know is how more, to look at that. It's a little, you could look at it both ways. The AFC is far more competitive than, than the NFC in terms of 
seating and everything there because of all the five, four, five, six, there, six, five, the six, like Baltimore's the only six win team in the AFC, but you look at all the five win teams that are like right there. And then you also just look at the North and West divisions, which I want to get into because of how competitive they are. And then, yes, the NFC, like, it's pretty much like one through five and then everybody else. I mean, six isn't, six isn't, six, it's weird. Like, one through five of the NFC are practically going to be, are going to set themselves. Six is, like, not right there, but it's better than seven. And then seven down, seven is wide open. Like, it's so weird. Like, you're going to see, like, you, it, it, you know how they have that meme of, like, the three-headed dragon? And, and it's then, like, the, then, the, then the one with his tongue out? Yeah, the one with the fucking googly eyes and his tongue out. You're going to have, like, the first two heads are going to be, like, the one, two, three, four, and five seeds. Maybe the six, depending on, like, how, like, wh- however, whoever comes out of the si- as the sixth seed in the NFC. And then the seventh seed is just going to be that fucking googly eyed fucking tongue stuck out dragon and they're just gonna look at him like what the fuck are you doing here hot take is gonna be the giants don't give me that false hope i i'm not because i i you we're guys... the best with team let's go see i'm glad that you brought up my team let's go into the afc west we okay N- nfc west no the no the afc west i'm gonna start with the giants because guess what they were the NFC, only nfc no, AFC West, because I'm going to talk about the Giants beating the Raiders, and then we're going to discuss. Oh, I got you. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. I thought, you, I thought you wanted to get right into the Giants. Sorry. No, we're going to get into the Giants, but it's going to lead into the AFC West here. But, yes, the Giants are three and six. Right now, they they probably should have five wins. They should have beat Atlanta, and the offense was incompetent. And if it wasn't for a Darius Slayton drop and, bad, and two bad penalties, the Giants probably would have beat Washington. I don't want to go into it too much because it does frustrate me, but – the the defense under Patrick Graham looks like the defense of last year. Finally, mm-hmm. the only problem with the Giants is the offense. Jason Garrett is like Brian Dable and needs to stop calling the plays. We need to give offensive play calling duties to somebody else. Um, I don't know who though, but Daniel Jones has Daniel Jones has has not played terrible. He had one bad play last week, if you ask me, and it was a strip sack and. I don't think it was his fault. He got blindsided because the like the Bills, the Giants have had offensive line issues. So my thing is, is that slowly coming together, that seventh seed, I believe it's Carolina in the seventh seed right now, and they are like I think they're four and five, uh, four and five. Yeah, they're four and five. I don't think they have the bye week yet, but after that, everybody else is either like four and five, three and six, and then you have Detroit. Um, obviously the, obviously the Lions are the best 0-8 team in the league, being the only 0-8 team in the league, but best, best non-win team ever, best, uh, pretty much best non-win team ever, if you ask me, but no, my, but the Giants, like they have their bye week. So that means like they can have a couple, they can have people come back like, you know, get healthy, come back. And we play Tampa next. After the bye week, I'm I'm anticipating a loss because it's the Buccaneers. It's I'd not like you guys win. if we win, that'd be great. We need uh we need we need um uh, we need somebody on the Bucks to go on the Manning cast next week, um uh, because the Manning cast will be okay. for the Monday Night Football game. 
I thought they didn't go back till week 10. Next week is week, this week and coming up is week 10. That's right. I'm an idiot. Yeah, it's all good, buddy. Yeah, they'll, they're doing the Manning cast for the Rams Niners game. So we need a Bucks player to join because we already had Gronk and we already had Brady and they lost both their games. So Put Antonio Brown on. I don't think the FCC will allow that. <laughs> they put Marshawn Lynch on. <laughs> yeah, the FCC is probably good. The FCC is probably going to launch an investigation into the Manning cast eventually. You had Marshawn Lynch, Eli, Eli giving the double bird. Eli. Disney is a family company. Okay, don't you know that, Mannings? Disney is a family company. They may have had a terrible movie um, about 70 years ago that they don't have on Disney Plus because it was a terrible movie with its terrible values. But they changed from that. They are a family company. They're better now. Yeah, they're better now. And damn you, Eli Manning and Peyton Manning and all you fucking Mannings. Don't you forget that Disney is a family company. But no, the Giants... (laughs) The Giants, the Giants actually played an exceptional. The Giants did what they needed to do against the Raiders. They won. And you can call me out because guess what? I'm calling those fuckers frauds. Every time the Giants beat somebody that has a decent record, I'm going to call them frauds. If the I, Giants... told you, I told you. I told you this. You should have listened <laughs> to me. You shouldn't believe me, but um, this, this Raiders team, I, I, okay, they – they have a lot of issues off the field. Yeah, I think that's I think that's where like this is going to stem from just kind of their downfall because it is hard like with everything they've just gone through. I mean, the Henry Ruck situation, losing their head coach, and now losing um, their cornerback that they drafted two years ago. Um, yeah, it, it's just tough situation. I mean, the guy, I just don't get how he crashes four rental cars in a month. Oh. I thought that they cut the guy that was like harassing women, not that other guy. Oh no, it was the same guy. He was harassing the woman, and he crashed four rental cars in the same. Oh, it was month. the same guy. Oh same, shit, yeah, I same guy. I just, people. I just, yeah. I mean, he he wasn't. He shouldn't even have been a first rounder, to be honest. I remember that draft. Everyone was like, "Why? Why is he going now?" When he was like a second to a third rounder, um, at best. But I just think it's going to be hard for this team just to kind of overcome that. Unless they have good leadership in the locker room. It's like, okay, we just got to focus on the football and forget all the outside. They have good leadership. And rally, and rally just, together. But they it, have it, good leadership. Yeah, it's they just do. A matter it's just hard. It is. Derek Carr is doing the best he can as a leader off the field. Um, my thing is, is that uh, I this that's one. This is a lot. This is honestly, as much as I want Giants to win, I really didn't expect us to win. But the thing is, though, is that was also before like all this down, all this downfall happened with rugs, and now with this cornerback that's no longer on the team. So obviously, like you know, um, maybe we jinxed the. Well, actually, I'm not going to say that because that's a terrible thing to say. But you know, um, I, I I don't know what's going on with the Raiders, but the AFC West is competitive. It. Them and the AFC North have been the two most competitive divisions in football for both good and for bad reasons. But I do want to go into the West real quick. We touched base on the Raiders. We touched base on the Broncos a little bit. We touched base on the Chargers a little bit too. They beat the Eagles. Thankfully, they beat the Eagles because the Eagles, I don't need the Eagles having more wins than the Giants right now. That would be terrible (laughs) to see. Uh, especially with how terrible their organization is from top to bottom. Um, but we did not touch base on one team. And here is my take. And I probably will jinx them with this take. But the Kansas City Chiefs are back and they are taking the West. 
No shot. No shots? No, it's no shot. I mean, they've just barely beat a Green Bay team without their starting quarterback. Granted, I know Green Bay has a solid defense, but, I mean, how do you only beat them by six points? And the their, kicker, their, their kicker missed two field goals. I mean – Oh, yeah, I know. Mason Crosby almost cost me a fantasy win. Jordan Love almost did, too, because for shits and giggles, I put Love in as my quarterback because Russell Wilson was QB1, but then the whole finger problem. Then I had Matt Ryan, and he's terrible. So I picked up Kirk Cousins, and I picked up and, and Jordan Love. Matt Ryan had himself a day, though. You should have kept him. Yeah, uh, yeah, but, yeah, I didn't expect that to happen yeah. either because he had None, none of us hand. did. None of us did, but um. No, but, I, I just don't think this Kansas like this Kansas City team, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, like regression from what he has been to this year. Granted, I get he's still he's still a phenomenal quarterback. Um I am not taking anything away from him at all. Do not think I'm putting down Patrick Mahomes in the slightest. But he, he has definitely regressed a lot this season. And you can't even argue with me that he has not. No, I'm not going to argue with you there. The only thing is, the only reason why I say the Chiefs are going to win the division is because, yeah, the offense played like shit. The defense, but the thing is, though, is the defense did what it needed to do against a quarterback that they should have beaten. It came down to the defense that actually showed up the last two games against incompetent and inept offenses uh, because the Giants' offense, as I mentioned, is not great. And that's another game that they probably should have won. Um, and the Packers with Jordan Love, obviously, like he just needs to sit more. He needs to sit like three more years behind Rodgers. But he'll be a great quarterback. Just, just sit yeah. The Packers just without Rodgers is the worst team of all time. Don't don't let don't let Jordan Love play football for three years, and I promise you, he's going to come back better than he is now. Oh, exactly. <laughs> the Packers without Rodgers, worst team of all time, hands down. But the Kansas City Chiefs, though. They found a way to win. That's all they needed to do was just find a way to win. That's all it is. It's not about how you win. It's about how many wins you have. And right now they they are going into a crucial Sunday night football game against the Las Vegas Raiders where they actually have a chance. Where, uh, you know, I've, I, you know, I'm you hoping said for a tie. It. I'm hoping for a tie. You said they go one. You said that Vegas goes one and one. This is going to be their loss. They're going to lose at home to, to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, based on me saying that and how everything has been going, they're probably going to win. So, but you're just, you're is, just a jinx man. We're, we're, we both are. We both are, but me more that's than true. you. That but, is very uh, true. But the thing is, though, is like, that's what, that's where we're at here. It's crazy. Like when you really think about it, like after the Chiefs lost to the Bills at home and not just at ho- loss, they lost a bad. Everybody kind of wrote them off. Then they lost to the, t- then they Lost to the tight. No, they beat Washington. Then they lost to the Titans and only scored three points. Everybody kind of, we all kind of wrote them off again. I said myself on this podcast, if they lost to the Giants, they were dead in the water. They beat the Giants and they beat the Packers. Now they play the Raiders. We'll see what happens there. Because the thing is, is though, is if they can beat the Raiders, who always played them tough no matter what, they go one and one, 0 oh and two, whatever, two and oh. It, you know, both ways like that. The Raiders always find a way to play them tough. It's going to be a very interesting game. Um, and then they'll have Dallas after that. With that, that will conclude that quote-unquote gauntlet, gauntlet of three three games in a row where it made or break their season. If the Chiefs, obviously, we take the league one game at a time, but and obviously. 
the Packers did not have their their best player out yeah, there. Yeah, do you think do you think if Aaron Rodgers plays this game that they Green Bay wins this game? Oh yeah, they tore tore. Oh, he torches the Chiefs off defense. I mean, Aaron Rodgers probably has five touchdowns, and the Chiefs are dead in the water then. Okay, but that's that's my thing is with Kansas City is just how bad this defense is. Now, granted, like you said, they have showed up the past two weeks, but against not really great teams. And I mean, I I, I think they could have lost to the Giants as well. They could have. Really, I really do think the Giants the had a reason, shot to win that game. The only reason why we lost is because we're idiots. I mean, the Giants have. Probably if if penalties like if stupid penalties in was a stat, I'm pretty sure the Giants would be the league leaders in stupid penalties <laughs> given up. Because every time I watched the New York Giants and they have a chance to win, it was against Washington, stupid penalties. It was against Atlanta, stupid penalties. It was against Kansas City, stupid penalties. Even when they won, they had stupid penalties. Like when they won their games, they had stupid penalties. And it just yeah, baffled I think, me. Yeah, if you guys get more disciplined, you guys – I, well, we'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, we already got into them a little bit. I mean, if they – if the Giant, if the Giants were more disciplined, like they probably have a better record, uh, probably better in play – be better in playoff contention too, as we uh, as we said. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, the a- going back to the AFC West, that's why I think Kansas City has a chance to take – will take the division back. Um but the thing is, though, is I'm not counting. You know, I'm not counting out anybody in that division. It's crazy. Even the Broncos. The the Broncos are five and four. I mean, they're still they're they are in it. I mean, I don't know how long they'll be in it for. But the thing is, though, is they're there right now, yeah. and it's crazy to think that like who would have thought the AFC West would have been like that? I was just about to say that. Who would have thought all these teams would be within a game of each other? Nobody. Not you. Not me. Not the networks. No. We're all baffled. Yeah, well, hundred percent. Um, I, I don't, I just don't know if Kansas City can. I, I don't know if this is me just being just biased because I just hate them, or what. But the Chiefs still have a tough schedule to go the rest of the season. Even after they finish that Cowboys gauntlet, they now they have the Raiders and the Cowboys. Then they got the Broncos, who divisional opponent always a tough team. Yep. You, you got so you got the Cowboys and you got three divisional opponents back to back to back. Then you see the Steelers and Bengals, who I mean, Steelers. I who would have thought that they've been they would be hunting right now for the well, AFC well, North. Well, not well. Uh, we'll get into the North in a little bit there, but yeah, you're not wrong about the schedule. But my thing is, is that based on how, like all the Chiefs need to do is just find ways to win. Now they don't need to be cute. They don't need to be fancy. That's the just problem is they, they like to do that, and that's what I think is going to kill them, especially with how how their defense is just not good this year compared to how it has been in years past. And I, if Kansas City gets back to the fundamentals and uh, Patrick Mahomes just, just throws the football normally and not tries to be off cute with it, they have a real chance. And I get their offensive line has been completely revamped from the past offseason as well. Um, their, off, their offensive line isn't great, but I mean, I, no one saw the Kansas City having four losses already this season. And uh, Patrick Mahomes already having 10 interceptions. Granted, not all his fault, but guess what? They don't ask how, they ask how many. Same thing with the interceptions. So 10 interceptions is still 10 interceptions through nine games. Yeah, and that's not good at all. But I mean, yeah. he still is an elite quarterback, but I just, the best I can see this team doing is a wild card spot. They probably will get a, they could get a wild card spot. I, 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 
like I said, I probably jinxed them by saying they're going to win. The, they could still win the division. They probably will take the division, in my opinion. But we'll see how things go on a week to week basis in the West. It's clearly one of the most competitive divisions in football. Yeah, it's them but in I the do north. them in the North. I like and be tough because you could see you I, most most of these teams like that are hunting for a wild card spot out of the AFC right now. You really kind of just need to win out at this point. Pretty much. Like, that, and that's why I want to get sounds, the North here. That sounds stupid to say, like, just went out clearly, like, every team wants to win. But that's what you're going to need to do to get out of this AFC and grab yeah, the it's pretty much a game. it's pretty much a game of catch-up at this point because the thing is, though, is, like, you know, Baltimore and Baltimore won. But the thing is, though, is, like, Baltimore and Tennessee won their games. But the thing is, though, is Buffalo lost. New England won. Kansas City won. Oh, uh, the Las Vegas lost. Um, Denver won. The Chargers won. Pittsburgh won. Cleveland won. Cincinnati lost. So, like, it's kind of, like, weird of, like, all these contenders, like, these quote-unquote contenders because we really don't know who's a true contender right now based on everything going on. But it's really crazy because not only are the wild card races, like, not only is the wild card race, like, intriguing, but divisional races are definitely not how we thought they would be either. And that's where I want to go into the North because, yes, Baltimore is 6-2. and two, But the thing is, though, is, like, based on how the division has gone the entire season, like, I'm not convinced that there's a true favorite. I'm really not. No, I mean, I, I'm not either because, like, like I, put, I said this earlier in the show, like, Baltimore seems to like to get down in games before they actually try to come back and just win them. And that's going to be their Achilles heel right there. Exactly. It's going to come back to bite them in the S later in the season. And I, the Steelers are on a four-game win streak right now. I mean, the Browns look really good this week without Odell Beckham. And I know I shit on them last week heavily. We um, did. We shit on them last week heavily. But the thing is, though, is now is the time to start shitting on the Bengals a little bit. Yeah, they were frauds. And I, I'm going to take back their flowers that I gave them earlier in the season. Yeah, um, they, they they do not deserve them. I mean, they lost to the Jets, lost to the Browns very bad, and now they got to go see the Raiders, and then they got to – Oh, they have a bye week this week, don't they? Yes, they do have a bye week, and then they see okay. the Raiders after the bye. Um, but When do they, they play Pittsburgh? They play again. Pittsburgh again uh, the week after the Raiders. Oh, and that's their so second matchup. Um, yes, that'll be their second matchup. They beat them the first time. Yep. Um, but with the way the Steelers are playing now, and actually the like, granite last night, refs atrocious. Um, I don't want to get into that. I, I don't want to get into it either. I mean, it was just a bad week all around for refs, so I don't want to get into it. No, the refs clearly do not give a fuck, but enough of that. Uh, yeah. Enough about but that. They, they just, don't deserve our yeah, attention. Yeah, the Bengals, I want to take back their flowers that I gave them. Uh, maybe if you can get through this little gauntlet you're going through with the Raiders, Steelers, and Chargers, um, you'll get them back. But right now, my flowers are taken back from you. And I'm going to put them in a vase and hold on to them for you guys. But guess what? If you disappoint me, I'm pulling out of the vase and letting them die. And you will never see those flowers again. Or you can just give them to somebody else and be nice to somebody else. No. No? Okay, no, fair. No, I'm not giving No, I'm not giving them my flowers. Okay, okay. <laughs> not, okay. not giving anyone that and especially not the Steelers. I'm not giving the Steelers my flowers. Well, <laughs> well I mean, going on the Bengals. Let's be real here. We didn't, nobody expected the Bengals to be like competitive and in contention like they are now. So for them to fall a little bit, it's reality. Yes. The Bengals still need to fill some holes. They need to work on the offensive line. The uh, wide receiver, like the offense is only doing, the offense 
has blips now, like in terms of like, you know, they're good, then they're bad. It's like a roller coaster. Problem is they just focus on Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase too much. That's that's their offense. Exactly. They actually need to fill like holes at like because they have Joe Mixon. They've got their tight end. I mean, I don't think Joe Mixon is a good running back anymore. I mean, he's not a terrible running back, but I mean, he just needs to stay healthy. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, but no, um, the Bengals like they're kind they're gonna fall from grace. I mean, sadly, it was nice while it lasted, but um, you know, I'm not counting them out completely. But the thing is, though, is they will eventually falter if you ask me, um, based on how they've been performing lately. But well, you're not gonna like me. You're not gonna like me right now. The Steelers are going to win the North. God damn it, I knew you were going to say that. They're going to win the North. I just, I just, I just have a, a, a weird hatred for the Steelers, but I'm going to be as try to be as biased as unbiased. unbiased as I can here. Excuse me. So let me get into my thoughts here real quick before yeah, you. Yeah, go, yeah, you go for it. Go for so, it. So they're doing what exactly? They're doing exactly what I said. Just find a way to win with the defense. The defense is going. Yes, the defense did not play well against Chicago. Which I mean, came as a surprise to me. But they have won four straight. They had okay. The defense had the defense came up when they needed to. The offense has been doing all right with their tight end. You know, uh, I can't pronounce his name, but fuck's sake, uh, you know who I'm talking about. Um, but Deontay Johnson. Harris? No, that's their running back. I'm confused. We're talking about them. Tight. Their tight end. They're fucking. Uh, oh, uh, the, uh, the oh, fuck. He's he's on my Madden team. Um. He's not also on my fantasy team. Yeah, I, I can't pronounce his name. You know what I'm talking uh, about. For furry, furry more? Fewer Mule, fewer Mule, or something like that. I thought it, I thought it was, I was, I just call him furry more. Furry like, more? You know, like the furriest, but just furry more. Just more. Okay, fair furry enough. More. Fine. That's, that's but, his name. Yeah, he's been playing all right. He's been playing well the past couple of weeks. Yes. Okay. Najee Harris, I mean, you know, they're. They're, run, they're running him a lot. I mean, I feel like they're going to run him into the ground eventually, sadly. But he's doing well. But like I said last week, defense, run the ball. Just have a capable – just have Big Ben not fuck up. That's exactly what the Steelers are doing right now. They are finding ways to win with the run game, with the defense, and Big Ben is not fucking up. He has not thrown an interception in these last four games. Yeah, he's only thrown six touchdowns, but guess what? I don't care that he's only thrown six touchdowns. They're finding other ways to score. They're running the ball. Their defense is making plays, okay? Their special teams is doing something. Boswell actually came back from his concussion and actually came, and actually came up clutch with a couple of, with some field goals uh, on Monday night. So I I'm not I'm not on the Steelers wagon at fucking all. Do not get me wrong. Do not get me on that. Don't get me wrong there. But they are going to win the North. And the only reason why I say that they're going to win the North, it's going to come down to the divisional matchups. They always find a way to do good. Yeah. They they beat Cleveland already. Yeah, they beat since yeah they lost to Cincinnati, but they have one more game against Cincinnati. They're gonna find a way to win that. They're gonna find a way to beat Cleveland again. And the thing is though, yeah, they still have to play Baltimore. And guess what? I'm gonna put my money on the Steelers over Lamar Jackson and Baltimore. I really think the Pittsburgh Steelers will have a five and one division record, and you know it's just a matter of what they do in the rest of their games because, like you said. It's going to be it's going to be weird. Where ten a ten or eleven win team in the AFC is any either going to win their division or be a wild card seed, and then in the NFC you're going to have like a fucking 12, 12 to thirteen win team in the NFC, and they could be a five seed. 
So that's just how crazy it is in the AFC right now. But I think that the Steelers are actually going to find a way to win the North over Baltimore. Um, I think we're actually in for a treat here. Um, I really do think it's going to come down to uh, week uh, nine. This sounds weird to say. Week nineteen. Eighteen. Wouldn't it be? Oh yeah, week eighteen. Sorry. Um, yeah, I'm just confused on the numbers because the extra game. Um, week eighteen this season, and they the Steelers play the Ravens in the last game this season, and I do think it's going to come down to that game. It probably will come down. Which to will that be game. Exci- which will be exciting football to watch, and uh, I that's what I think it comes down to. So I think whoever wins that game, I don't have any predictions. I really don't know who's going to win this division, just based on the fact that it, it just like the <clears throat> AFC West, it's so competitive and so close right now. Um, I think, like we said, the Ravens are going to run into trouble and they're going to be hiding games and can't come back. So you could be right. Like the Steelers are, the Steelers could win this division. But and because I, I said that they could, they're not going to based on how we how, how I jinx everything. And it's very true, but hopefully, maybe maybe you won't jinx one thing in your life. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Yeah, just wait until we get to my mortal lock. Oh boy, I can't wait to hear this. Yep, can't wait to hear it. All right, but um, uh, yeah, I'll let you finish your thoughts there about the North. Um, no, it's just like competitive, like the Cleveland Browns. Um, I still am kind of hesitant on them. I shit on them last week. Um, mm-hmm. We did. I, I think still it – I don't know. I, I would like to see how they do this week against the Patriots. And considering the Patriots actually, as much as it pains me to say, being a good team again. That will be um, a very good game to watch if you ask me. Two, two, of the, two, two game manager quarterbacks going up against each other. Well, um, my thing is I'm saying it will be a good game to watch, mainly oh, because yeah, of how be. standings will focus. I don't think it's going to be a great, a high offensive game at all. I think it's going to be more, it's going to be more along the lines of uh, whose defense fucks up the most in terms I think of. This game is like whoever wins, they're going to be good, and whoever loses, I think you you might have to consider frauds at this point, um, just how late it is in the season, and with the Patriots trying to make a playoff push now. Um, and clearly the Browns still in con- really still in- being at five and four, still in contention for that division. Yeah, which is crazy weird, to it's say. weird to say. Yeah, they're still in contention for that division. So I, I just the Patriots it, are still in contention for the East uh, for the AFC East too. As much as you don't, don't want to say, I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it, but I know. I know. Yeah, but I mean, so it's really well, crazy when you think about it. So like the Browns, if the Browns lose next week. Um, and the Steelers, both the Steelers and Ravens win. The Browns are really pushing themselves out of not only contention for the North, but they're pushing themselves out of contention for a wild card spot. And the same thing can be said for the East, too, when you really think about it. I mean, if the Patriots win against the Browns, and if the Bills somehow find a way to lose against the Jets, like the Titans lost to the Jets, then we have a division, then we have a two horse race officially in the AFC East. But if the Patriots do lose, though, you know, what's crazy is that not only do you have a two horse, a, a, like a division race in the East, you also have those two teams fighting for a wild card spot at the same time. When you really think about it, because there's a good chance that in actually the, the E if that happens in the East, then in the North and also in the West, there's a good chance that maybe only one of those teams, like in those divi- in that, the, well, particularly in the East, if you ask me, that if one of those team, one of those two teams would only make the playoffs. 
and that yeah. would be the division winner there. Yeah, like you said, like this is cliche to say, but you in the AFC right now, you just need to win out to really certify yourself a playoff spot because you don't want to be anything left to, out of your hands come the end of the season. Exactly. That is want- the worst spot to be in as a team. Um, and you just you wanna you wanna control your own destiny. Exactly. It's cliche to say you're gonna hear it. It sounds stupid. I just feel stupid saying it, but it's true. No, you it is control, true. You, you want to control your destiny here. It is true. You're right. I mean, the thing is, though, is that the fanboys and the beat reporters and the networks, they're not going to like it. They, 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 they don't mention it all that much, but it, it, it's sad. it is how it is there, sadly. I mean, it, it is how it is. Control your own destiny. Win, win as many games as you can. Take it week by week and move on. But, I mean, hey, any given Sunday, this was any given Sunday, wild um uh, it was a wild situation there but it happened and it is what it is there but that's that's just how it, that's just how it is and that's just how it's like i said that's just how it is you know we'll see what happens in week 10 we'll see what happens as the weeks go on in the nfl um we're gonna move on we're gonna move on to our weekly wager segment of the podcast um and you know, like I said, this is Jake's child here in our divi- in our podcast. Mm-hmm. This was his idea, his baby. Even though he asked for my approval because he told me that I am the leader, so <laughs> I will continue to mention that. But I will have you take this away here with our with the first game that you that you want to talk about in terms of betting for our lovable degenerates that all they want to do is just throw their money away. Okay, so I don't really want to touch the Thursday night game because I just think the Dolphins are just a joke of an organization. I'm so not going to watch that I game. I don't want to touch it, but the first game I do want to get into um, just because they're clearly – we get into both of my mine and your teams with the Giants and the Bills. So first game, we're going to go Bills <clears> – excuse me, Bills going to the New York Jets. Mortal right. Lock minus 13, mark it down. Yeah, so I – yeah, the Bills right now are – yeah, the Bills right now are minus 13 on the spread, and the over-under of this game is 47 and a half. Um, for me, I am taking the Bills to cover that minus 13, and I am going to take the over of this game because I think that is not enough points to give this Bills team coming off a week where they just look like absolute dog shit. They're going to come out with a vengeance, and they're going to want to win this game. So I am going to take the Bills and the Bills to cover and the over. Yep, mortal lock, mark it down, Bills minus 13. Um, Jets fans, find something else to do with your Sunday. Get ready for Thanksgiving. Um, get your get some Christmas shopping done. Go uh, go uh, shop those early Black Friday deals. Bills minus 13, over, over 47 and a half. Josh Allen, angry Josh Allen, not a good sight. Um, the only thing, the only thing else, the only thing that I think, the only – Achilles heel for the Bills would be their offensive line. But the thing is, though, is that the Jets, I mean, they have two wins. Um, but the thing is, though, is like, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, they did beat the Titans and they did beat the Bengals. So those are two quality wins there. But this isn't college football giving uh, and talking about quality wins. This is the NFL. So mortal lock minus 13 for the Bills over 47 and a half. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, next game, sir. All right, next game, we are going to take a trip down to Nashville, Tennessee, where the New Orleans Saints are going and visiting the Tennessee Titans. 
Um, right now, the Titans are minus three on the spread, and the over-under is 44 and a half. We, we gave them the best team in the AFC, uh, so they are going to lose this game, unfortunately. So I am taking the Saints to cover, and I, but I am taking the under of this game. I just, this not really explosive offenses, um, especially without Jameis Winston being the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints and with the Tennessee Titans missing Derrick Henry. Um, I am just confused as to why uh, Sean Payton said uh, Taysom Hill could be a franchise quarterback and then he's not playing when your starting quarterback gets hurt. Um, but I am, taking the, I am taking the – yeah, he's just looking for trade bait, to be honest. Um, but I am taking the Saints and the under. So I'm going to take the Saints and the under, but not for those reasons. I mean, like, I'm going to say it's going to be more of a defensive game. Both defenses have looked stellar. As the season has gone on, they've improved as the season has gone on. Um, the Tennessee offense without Derrick Henry, we saw that it was able to do – I mean, they played probably the best defense in the National Football League in the, like, in, again, in the Los Angeles Rams last week, and they did that to them. But the thing is, though, is it's more along the lines of can they continue that trend of, like, you know, being able to play good defenses – and score as and score points like that. But the thing is, there is, I both def. It's more along the lines of that. Both defenses like will like you know they'll make the plays. And it's just a matter of what defense makes them makes the more mistakes between the two, um, because New Orleans is only allowed nineteen point four points per game, and Tennessee is only as allowed only twenty three point four points per game. But the thing is, though, is both teams have scored over 25 points per game. So it could go either way when you really think about it. But I think the defenses will stand tall. I'm going to take the under. Um, it's going to be weird. I think the Titans win this game. But they only win by a field goal. So I'm going to take a, pu- I'm going to take a push with New Orleans. All right. It's going to be weird. Like, I'm going to take a push with New Orleans. I think they only win by – Titans win by a field goal. New Orleans pushes with that plus three. All right. I like it. Uh, so, the next, we are going up to Foxborough, where the Cleveland Browns are going and visiting the New England Patriots. Um, right now, this, uh, Cleveland is plus one and a half on the spread, and the over-under of this game is 45 and a half. Um, I – think this game is a real dog fight. We're not going to see a lot of points in this game. So I am for sure taking the under. And I do think Cleveland does win this game. Um, and I think they will cover anyways, being at only one and a half. They're probably going to win by at least a touchdown, I would say. So I am going to take the Browns and the under on this game. Um, I think Baker Mayfield is going to come out again and probably prove me and Jamie wrong because we talked shit about him. Um, even though yeah, he, he probably, definitely he listened probably to did, he, probably didn't, he probably didn't listen to it. But he knows in the back of his head we're talking about him. Oh, um, yeah. Baker Mayfield is going to show up. Only issue is for this Browns team, they possibly could be without <clears> – she's going to be without Kareem Hunt again. And that it depends on Nick Chubb if he can get two negative COVID tests because I believe he is vaccinated. He is vaccinated. He tested positive for COVID. My fantasy team takes another hit. Damn it. Okay, it's going to be a dog fight for my fantasy team this week um, uh, as well. But – uh, with that there, but I'm going to take the Patriots in this game minus one and a half. I do think that they will win. Um, I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be like a single, it'll be a single digit game. 
Um, it will be a single digit game in terms of like what the score margin or the margin will be, but you're right in terms of the under, I'm taking the under with you at 45 and a half there. They won't come. They, they, they won't come close to that. If you ask me, both teams, defenses have been, they, they, you know, they've been doing pretty well this season as well. Cleveland's only given up 21.8 points per game and new England's defense is only given up 18.9 points per game. My thing is, is that it's just a matter of, once again, what defense makes the most mistakes between the two, just like the previous game we talked about. Um, I think that, you know, like you said, two game manager quarterbacks. I think the rookie Mac Jones is going to have a better game in terms of managing the football than Baker Mayfield will. And I think New England is just going to, like I mentioned earlier, you know, they're going back to 2001, run the ball play defense, just have that rookie quarterback be a game manager and not fuck up. And the strategy seems to be working for the Patriots. That's why I'm taking them to win the game, minus one and a half, and the under will happen. Um, next game, sir. All right, so our next game is kind of probably not one of the most exciting games on the schedule, but we're going to go to Detroit visiting uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And right now the Steelers are uh, minus – the Steelers are favorites at minus nine on the spread, and the over/under of this game is forty-two and a half. See, I finally think the Detroit Lions get their first win of the season. They're going to win this game, get the first win of the season. MCDC is going to go bananas on the sidelines. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see his post-game interview once his team finally gets their first win against the Pittsburgh. They may Steelers. fire him if they win a game. But, yeah, it might be true, but there's. But oh, that'd be terrible. That'd be terrible. Um, but, <laughs> like Norwich, Norwich wins a fucking game and they fired Vark and they fired Daniel Farka. What the fuck? Winning is allowed here. They want Frank Lampard, and what do you mean? <laughs> um, but no. Um, so I think I think the Lions get the first win of the season here, boys. And forty-two and a half is really low for me. I like points in this game, and I am taking the over. So. It baffles me. This first thing baffles me. The Steelers, I, I understand that the Bills and Jets, like the Bills are anticipated to run over the Jets, but the Steelers are less po- are, fa- are favored by less against the, probably the worst team in football, whereas the Bills are favored again by more against, where the Bills are favored more against a team with two, two good wins. So that's, that's what baffles me there about that. But maybe Vegas knows something that we don't. Uh, maybe you know something that we don't either, that, that I don't in terms of picking the Lions to win. I time um, traveled. You just, don't want, you just don't want the Steelers to win. No, either. that's not it at all. I really do think like this is one of those letdown spots for the Steelers, I believe, because we were just talking so highly of them. Trap I game. Is, I think this is a letdown spot. Trap game. I like it. I like your thought process there. Um, I'm going to take the over here. Okay. Uh, I see. I see points happening in this game. The Steelers will win, but they will not cover. It's gonna be like Monday night. It's gonna be like Monday night against the Bears. Um, the Steelers are just gonna squeak by, pretty much by their teeth. Um, it's gonna come down. It's gonna come down to single digits again. In my honest opinion, um, it's not gonna come down to a final possession. If you ask me. But I think it'll be back and forth. But eventually, like, the Steelers will pull away. But not pull away enough, like, where they win by double digits. They'll still win by single digits. It's just that 
Detroit's going to have like one heartbreaking fatal f- flaw as they have had all season. And it's just going to continue for them. And that's why the Steelers will win. But Detroit will play a good game. They've, as much as it pains me to say this, they, they are the worst team in the league this season. That's They haven't won a game. Okay, I mean, you can't. It's hard not to say that as zero. And I mean, you really went out on a limb there on that one. Hey, 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 hey. Shout out to Pleiska yeah. here. He said the Texans are the worst team in the league. And they have two wins. <laughs> No, they have, they've yeah, only got really, one win. They only got one win, but you really want to limp by saying that the only win this team in the NFL is the worst team. <laughs> hey, you said but, they're the best no-win team in the league. I mean, you went out no, of I said I said they're the best no-win team ever. You said they're the best no-win team in the league. Oh, well, you said they're the best no-win team. No, this, no they are not the best no-win team ever. Um, uh, uh, they, this, these, this Lions team is worse than when they went 0-16, hard to believe. Um, but um, uh, no, so... Yeah, the worst team in the league is somehow, somehow more less of an underdog than the Jets. I don't get that. But Detroit will cover. They won't win the game. We'll hit the over. Pittsburgh squeaks by, and my take of them winning the winning the division will live on to see another week. Um, moving on to our next is our next this, game. This 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 the next game will be the last game because what I like to do is give you guys just five games a week. Don't like to really push the betting on you guys too heavy. So I like to just just go five games. Yeah, so don't throw game, all your money away. Right, exactly. We don't need any degenerates listening to our podcast. Hey, uh, hey, 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 hey. Hey, if it is, no issues. No, yeah, I'm, not exactly. judging, I'm not judging here. But uh, no, so uh, we are going to Las Vegas where we are going to see a divisional game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Right now, Kansas City is favorite at minus two and a half. I hate that. I really do hate that. I, for some reason, I think Vegas should be favored in this game. But guess what, boys? Easy money for you. Um, the over/under of this game is 51 and a half. Um, I am going to take the Raiders to cover. I do think the Raiders went straight up on this game, and this game to me just screams points uh, with these two offenses. Um, this game just screams points, points, points. So I am taking the over on this game. You're taking the Raiders to win and yes. the cover. Yes. Okay, that baffled me a little. I think bit. I think I think the Raiders should be favored in this game. The Raiders probably should be favored in this game based on how terrible Kansas City is on offense and defense. Even though I keep saying that they found ways to win, but the thing is though is it's so weird. I want to take the over in this game. I really really want to take the over in this game, but my 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 gut is saying take the under just based on how the offenses have been as of late. But the thing is, though, this would be the one matchup where they would explode. Both teams will explode for over 30 points, and it will be that shootout-type game that we have been looking for in the season, like in the season that we've been looking for on Sunday Night Football. So my thing is, is I am – I'm going to take the over. I don't – You're changing it to the over? I don't want to, but I'm going to. Right, I like it. I like it. You're manning up now. I like it. I'm going with my brain here somehow. <laughs> the little fucking brain I have here. Um, <laughs> the Chiefs will. Oh, shit. The Chiefs had no two and a half. Fucking two and a half. That's a terrible. That's a terrible point. That's a terrible spread right there. Ah, shit. Because uh, let's let's root for safeties. Yeah, let's root for fucking safeties. Is right. You guess what? Um, I said the Chiefs could win the division, but the thing is though. This is a game they will not win, and they will not cover. They will find a way to win the division still, and based on my old take. But the thing is, though, they will not win this game. 
the Ra- <laughs> I'm with you on the Raiders. I'm, you know, as much as they, they were frauds last week, but this is a bounce back win. This is a bounce back week for them. They always play tough against Kansas City. You always say they go one and one. They're gonna go. They're gonna win at home. They're gonna cover. Kansas City will have to go back to the drawing board after this game to uh, see how see out my take. But Raiders plus two Raiders plus two Raiders straight up obviously because they're gonna win the game um, over fifty one and a half. And I want a shootout. I expect a shootout. I'm gonna say hammer the fucking over. That's my second mortal lock of the week. Yeah, this game just takes me back to two years ago. It was a Sunday night football game between these two teams, and it was an absolute shootout. That's just what my brain keeps going to whenever I see these two match up. It's just a shootout because these two always seem to give us good games. So the whole world's looking for a shootout. It'll be great for Sunday night football. That's what we're hoping for. Um, Raiders, cover boys, and the over. Um, pound it. And now it's time for Jeremy's Mortal Lock of the Week. I already gave your mortal lock, my mortal lock of the week. I said Bills minus thirteen. I said Bills minus thirteen against the Jets. Can you take that one back? No. Please. No. If yeah, all right. How about let's make a deal. If if the Bills lose this game, you can never make a mortal lock back. If the Bills lose this game, don't blame me. Blame the coaching staff. If they do, I'm blaming you because I'll be three. Let me take a look. I have to. I I had two mortal locks. I said Bills minus zero and two. I said, no, I had two more locks this week. I said the Bills minus the 13 against the Jets. And then I had the, and I said, hammer the over. The, the, my second moral lock was going to be the over in the Chiefs game. So maybe I need a third one just to, you know, help me out here a little bit. So I just one, the odds game. Yeah, I'm just playing the fucking long game here, boys. <laughs> so, yeah. So actually, you know what game, you know, it's going to be crazy, like when you think about it, but. I really want to go to this Buccaneers and Redskins game. And Tampa's nine and a half point favorites. Take Tampa minus nine and a half. Take it. Run with it. Okay. I said that the Bucs are one of the best teams in the league. And guess what? They are. They have so many weapons on offense. Washington Washington looks out of place. I don't care that they beat the Giants. They're still terrible, okay? The, the Washington Redskins are, well, they're the best two and, they're the best two and six team in the league because they're the only two and six team in the league, um, if I'm correct. But they don't know what they, – they haven't figured it out on offense. They haven't figured it out on defense. Um, this Bucks team is going to run all over them. Take the Bucks minus nine and a half, run away with it. So my three mortal locks, that right there, the over under, the over 51 and a half in the Chiefs Raiders game and Bills minus 13. I'm playing the long game here. <laughs> I'm playing the odds game. Hopefully one of those will do good for you. Um, if you go 0-3, I am I am taking over the podcast and kicking you off because I will not be present to you anymore if the Bills lose this game. If the Bills I'm, lose, blame – I told you, blame Paiska. Don't blame me. No, I'm blaming you for your you blame Paiska. Um, that is the reason I asked when I when I said it was time for your mortal lock. I was just hoping you wouldn't say the Bills again, but you did, and now you're screwing. Hey, up. I said, hey, I said it twice. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe oh, I just need just like a double negative. Double negative makes a positive. Yeah, exactly. Double negative makes a positive. So you should be good there. Oh, well, we'll see. I guess. We'll, we'll see. I guess. Oh, yeah. You're scaring me. <laughs> Fine. Should I just flat out curse your team? Maybe that'll work. No. <laughs> maybe it's hey maybe maybe if I put a hex on who knows. Um, Could you uh, put a hex on the Buffalo Sabers to win some games? 
They, they, hey, 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 hey. May, uh, I, I, I want, yeah, a hex means bad. I need to, like, you know, get some. Well, exactly. Hit. Whatever you put a hex on, you, you're very bad with whatever you say goes the opposite. So that's, I'm hoping yeah. you could say the Sabres uh, will lose some games. Maybe they'll start winning. Uh, I mean, the Sabres definitely have been losing some games, but I'm glad you mentioned the Sabres. We're going five right in there, too. You know, uh, lost five in a row. Uh, State of the Sabres right now is not looking good at all. I mean, they started out 5-1-1. One, and one. So my thing is, is like, you know, great start to the season. But the thing is, though, is like we're kind of seeing like the Sabres that we expected in terms of how they have been performing. But the thing is, though, is like it's weird. I didn't want I, – I, I can't say anything about last night's game, Monday night, because I didn't watch one. I didn't watch. I'm not going to lie. I did not watch – I was still upset about how they lost to Detroit after practically playing like 45 to 50 minutes of good hockey and then completely fucking it up in the in the third period and then losing in overtime the way they did. Um, but, I, I mean, I just don't know what to say. I, I, you know, other than I think that they need – other than the fact that I think that they need Middlestad and Olofsson to get healthy and back on the ice – that clearly helps to that will clearly help them in terms of their full in terms of you know and that'll just help them on offense altogether in my opinion they need those two back as soon as possible mm-hmm. um i know you want to go in talk into the trade um regarding eichel to vegas so i'll have you give your state of the sabers and discuss like your thoughts on that trade overall so you can take it away right now all right, so I'm kind of exactly with you on the Sabres. It's like we clearly, like when me and Jared call them wagons, we are clearly kidding. We all knew where this team was going to end up in in within the Eastern Conference, um, just kind of bottom of the barrel, whatever. We're still um, doing better than Ottawa. I guess. Exactly. We're, we're better than you, Ottawa Brad. and Boston right now. We got more points than Boston. Yeah, fuck you, also... Bra- fuck you, Brad. Your sons are terrible. And I beat your fantasy team because your fantasy team is terrible. Um, <laughs> um, no, but I, we kind of all expected this. Like we, we knew what the Sabres were doing wasn't sustainable. Uh, losing five. and uh, it, it is tough, though, coming off a road trip. Um, I Yes, they picked up one on the road trip, which is always good. Um, you kind of hope on a, like a Western Conference road trip, you're at least going to pick up two. You're going to pick up. At least half the points coming home. They should have picked up half the points. They blew that lead against the Kings and it kind of annoyed. Though they both they blew the lead against the Ducks and they won, and they blew the lead against the Kings and that annoyed me. The I'm not I can't say I'm annoyed about the Sharks loss, but I am very annoyed about the loss to the Kraken. They're a footnote in NHL history and not in a good way. Yeah, Jordan, I believe, got his, uh, the first uh, Seattle Kraken hat trick in NHL history against the Buffalo Sabres. Um, but then coming back Saturday night, I told you that teams coming off a, their Western Conference road trip typically won't win games, especially coming back um, an Eastern, uh, like an East Coast team coming back from the West Coast. It's even harder to do that than just going back to the West Coast if you're visiting the East Coast. Um, so I kind of told you like Saturday, I expected the Sabres to lose just based on the fact that no teams really do come back from their Western Conference road trip and win games. Um, but last, I did watch uh, some of the game last night. Um, first period, we at, got outplayed, like just wholeheartedly just got outplayed. Second and third period, it's kind of hard to come alive, but just didn't have enough. Um, and I mean, it doesn't help Tom Wilson scores two goals against us and Tom Wilson is not really a goal scorer. Uh, um, fuck Tom Wilson. 
but no, I this is kind of I'm expecting the Sabres. The, my thing is I'm happy they're playing exciting hockey. That's all I ask for from this team, considering they're just so young and just not proven yet in the NHL. But I do not want to hop into the Jack Eichel trade. And I think I speak for everyone in Buffalo that I I'm very happy this whole saga is over. Um, as I agree much, with you. As much as I am going to miss Jack, and I love Jack as a hockey player, do not listen to the reports about that he was a bad teammate in the locker room because they said the same thing about Ryan O'Reilly. And then Ryan O'Reilly goes and wins a cup and probably was that team's best player through that cup run and gets named captain the season after that. Um, so t- don't don't believe the media saying Jack Luck was a bad teammate. It's probably them just being upset with the fact that we have a shitty hockey team and he can't do anything about it because the Pagulas were screwing him and not letting him get the surgery he wants because he said um, on interviews that he said he would have came back and played for the Sabres if they let him get the surgery he wanted, which was an artificial disc in his neck instead of a fusion. Um, but it, to go into the de- details of the trade, I love it. I love this trade for both teams. Clearly, Vegas, if Jack Eichel comes back from his from his <clears throat> excuse me, his surgery and is healthy and it plays unreal, clearly they're gonna win the trade, but that's gonna happen with any trade whenever you like a superstar goes somewhere for like just other pieces. The suit the team that gets a superstar is always gonna win the trade just based on the fact that the guy's a superstar. But now we have <clears throat> excuse me, we got uh Peyton Krebs, who is Really, he was drafted 17th, I believe it was 17th overall to Vegas uh, last year. And he really should have went higher in that draft if it wasn't for injuries that kind of teams kind of pass on him for it. I think he probably could have been a top 10, top 15 prospect in the draft. But guess what? He falls to Vegas. And now the Sabres have what they want. That, That was the biggest part of the trade for the Sabres was getting that piece in Peyton Krebs because they wanted that that young talent that they could develop. So I love them sending him down to Rochester. And then we got Alex Tuck, who is born and raised in Syracuse, who grew up, grew up as a Sabres fan his whole life. And now he said it was an actual dream to come play for the Buffalo Sabres for him. And guess what? The guy's only 25 years old. He'll probably be a first or second liner for us. And his contract is great. He's got four more year or five more years for $4 million. You can't beat that, especially with what he's going to produce. He is an offensive presence. He is a big body. And we got a first-round protected first-round draft pick. We will get that draft pick if uh, Vegas doesn't get uh, the top 10 pick, which I'm assuming they won't considering that they are a good team once they do get healthy because right now they are banged up. So I love this trade for both sides. I think both sides really worked out everything as well as they wanted. I mean – I just felt bad for uh, Adams because he took the brunt of the force from both Eichel and the Pagulas, who basically the reason that the Sabres wanted to get rid of Eichel so bad was because the Pagulas and Jack Eichel requesting a trade after the Sabres didn't make the COVID bubble two years ago. Yeah, two years ago now, and which yep. was a complete sham. They could have made it. They could not. It's in the past now, so I don't really want to get into it. But I am happy with this deal. Um, the Pagulas are idiots, though. They need to bring in someone who can kind of like a Brandon Bean where they just let him do all the, the football operations. The Sabres need to bring in someone or just have Kevin Adams take over the full aspect of the hockey operations. I know the Pagulas, especially Kim, loves to baby the Sabres and look at them as her baby, which is the stupidest thing ever because those two people are not hockey minds. And they kind of – what had happened was from, from the sounds of it, from interviews, they kind of held a grudge against Eichel for at requesting that trade. 
which if I was in Jack Eichel's shoes, I would too. I mean, you come to it, you're drafted to this team, what was it now, six years ago, and you want to make an impression and hope that you can get this team to a playoff success and just nothing ever happened because uh, poor management, uh, poor coaching, as long as Jack Eichel's been here. Um, yes, last offseason, once they brought in Kevin Adams, Kevin Adams brought in great moves, especially bringing in Taylor Hall, which ends up not panning out. And, I mean, you nothing is a guarantee in life, so that was never guaranteed to work anyways. Um, but I'm just happy that this whole saga is over. I'm happy for Jack because he's going to a genuine Stanley Cup contender team. Um, the Sabres got the pieces they wanted. My only thing was with the deal is I don't get why we didn't retain any of Jack's salary because one, we probably could have got more assets for it. And two, um, since we got rid of his full, since we got rid of the full contract, then we had to go get Johnny Boychuk, who was retired and pick up his salary from the Islanders just to get us at the, the salary or the salary cap base. So my thing overall is I'm glad that the saga's over as well. I'm glad that it's finally done. It's finally over with. Yeah, I'm gonna miss Jack Eichel. I'm gonna. I, I will admit it. I will miss Jack Eichel altogether, completely. Great player. Um, you know, got to see on his day, healthy, top top ten, top fifteen player in the league. I've got to see him a few a few times in person. Um, uh, play professional hockey. So, you know. I am going to be sad. He did very. He did a lot for the community too. The Sabers didn't do a good job of marketing, like what he did for the community, if you ask me. Um, but that's where a lot of people were like, "Oh, Jack Eichel's a shitty teammate. He's a shitty like person. Doesn't give a shit about the community." But the thing is, though, is he actually did a lot when he played. So those people don't know what they're talking about there. Exactly. Um, that's why I hate the media. That's, well, that's why, why I hate brought, social media. Yeah, that's why I brought – well, even the media, because the media said the same thing about Ryan O'Reilly, that he was a toxic teammate, and all of a Mike sudden – Mike Harrington, Paul Hamilton, yeah, those jackasses don't these know old, these old ass, These old-ass reporters that the Sabres have, um, they just got to learn to grow up and get past grudges that they have because guess what? Like, you can't – that's why I don't believe that Jack was a bad teammate – just based on the fact that they said the same thing about O'Reilly, and you don't get named to see if you're a shitty teammate. I'm sorry, it, especially it, on a good team. It's like no goal in 1999. The rule was changing regardless. Get over it. But exactly, my thing is, there's a lot of people that are younger. You know what baffles me? I'll go off topic here a little bit, but we'll go back to topic. What baffles me about something like that? especially something that happened so long ago, there are people younger than us that are like, oh, it was no goal. Bitch, shut the fuck up. You weren't even born. I was two. Move on. Who cares? Don't- yeah, I was three years old, and I barely remember the game, and I'm over it. Yeah, exactly. I've been over it. I don't hate Dallas. I don't hate Dallas as much. I hate. I don't hate Dallas as much as I used to. I still hate Carolina, though. Yeah, you stop living in the past and be mad at the present that the Sabres haven't produced a good team in 10 years. I'll still be, be mad, at, mad at Carolina because of 0607. I'm not going to be. I mean, the Sabres were injured. I can't be mad at Carolina. The Sabres were injured. I, 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 I can for a little bit. I'm not. You know, let me finish. They're a good team now. I praise them. I don't completely hate them. I said I'm mad. I said I said I okay. hate them because of anger, not because that they're a bad hockey team. I ha- They're a good hockey team. They're making noise. So there's that. But, yeah, no. The Sabres, shitty organization. Um, I made a comment about this um, uh, while I was at the game, actually, on Saturday. Um, almost all of the organizations that I follow for sports drive me fucking insane because of how incompetent they are. And it starts with the Sabres. The, Giant, the, the Giants are practically close there, too, based on how their front office is. 
The Yankees are getting close and Ben Man United, but I mean, I can go on and on and on about how my teams are poorly run. But the Sabres are a shitty organization. The Pagulas are shitty owners. Um, they really don't know how to man. They really don't know how to manage a hockey team. I mean, we all we all know the fa- we all know the now infamous quotes when Terry Pagula was announced as the owner. My goal here is to bring the team a Stanley Cup. If I wanted to make money, I would drill for oil down in the Pennsylvania shales or whatever. I'm paraphrasing. I'm not directly quoting it, but you know what I'm talking about there. And I'm pretty sure any Buffalo hockey fan knows what I'm talking about there with that quote too. If you do listen to the podcast, but. Over the years, we have seen underperforming teams, underachieving teams, a revolving door of head coaches and general managers. And this guy that we traded was drafted to us and became captain in his 20s. Like, he had a head coach fired. He had a general manager fired. um, And we all know that he was the main reason why uh, Murray and uh, Bilsma got fired. Um, because the philosophy wasn't there and he wasn't believing in it. So, and if anybody tell, and if anybody tells me otherwise, I will call you out for it. And I don't care, but this man became captain. He was a damn good player in Buffalo. He's going to be a damn good player in Vegas. Yeah, you're right. Vegas did win the trade. But the thing is though, is that Buffalo has a good future. If we can, you know, a healthy Alex Tuck and a, and a fully developed Peyton Krebs, I'm fine with that trade. That's a good trade right there. Kevin Adams, Practically coveted Peyton Krebs. Um, and my thing is, is that when the trade was announced, I'm a little upset that the trade was announced overnight. Like we, what I woke that we woke up to the news because we were talking about the Calgary, the Calgary rumors that turned out to be false well, on yeah, the last podcast. Yeah, they turned out to be a smokescreen. They were completely false, and we were hoping the trade would break. While we were recording, which would have been great, honestly, that would have been great. Turned out though, Calgary was in talks the whole time with Buffalo. It's just they couldn't agree on the price for Eichel. So Calgary was in play for it, but it wasn't what we had probably seen. That was all smoke to get Vegas to actually do something. Because if you believe Adams, he was talking with Vegas for months. It was just a matter of like, okay, like here's what we want and here's what we can offer you and blah, blah, blah. Would you also think Adams lied in his interview or his press conference um, saying that the the, uh, Calgary thing was a lie? Um, I think he's just doing that to protect uh, Calgary's organization and the Sharks not being pissed off at them. Um, Pretty much. I mean, the thing is, I think like I heard they weren't talks the whole time. It's just they couldn't agree on. I think either the prospect or the picks. Because I think the truck was in play the whole time. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I agree with you there. You just don't want to piss off an organization like how like piss off the Flames organization there by. Uh, Saying like, oh yeah, Calgary was trying to trade away Matthew to Chuck. Exactly, um, can never make a deal with them ever because of this. Because practically, exactly. Yeah. I mean, what I found hilarious about the whole thing is like Daryl Suter came out and was like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They're not. We're, we're trading away Matthew to Chuck. I mean, obviously, there's going to be denial uh, regarding it. But like I said, I'm glad the saga is finally over. We moved on. Now it's just a matter of seeing how the team performs up until Alex Tuck gets healthy, up until Peyton Krebs comes out of Rochester to go to Buffalo. I was kind of hoping that he would start out in Buffalo, but I mean, you know, 
I'm okay with him being out here in Rochester because the Amherst are looking good right now, developing their prospects. I mean, JJ's looking pretty good. Jack Quinn's doing really well. I mean, he's called, he's practically like, I think he's top three in points overall in the AHL. And now Peyton Krebs is here. So we're going to see like the future of the Buffalo Sabres develop um, out here in Roch, which is wonderful. I am actually trying to go to an Amherst game to see just to see the prospects in action. I mean, that's all I really want to see is, like, how they perform. I really wouldn't care if the Amherst win or lose. It's just a matter of, like, how they would, how they are looking right now. Because I mentioned this before on the podcast. Like, a lot of people, like, take a look at, like, the Amherst and they're just like, oh, career AHLers. Like, no, this is, like, where our prospect pool is right now. I mean, this is, like, where our... This is where our ta- young talent will. This is where our young talent will eventually go before, like, they come up to Buffalo. Unless you're like, unless you're like Owen Power, who's probably going to come straight to Buffalo after Michigan finishes their uh, NCAA season. But I do well, want Owen Power is having himself a season right now as well. He's on pace for a uh, one point two zero points per game. Yes, he is. I mean, he's having himself hell of a season right there. I mean. That whole Michigan team, though, is insane. I mean, it's all unfair. the it's unfair. It is unfair. So uh, all all the prospect, all the top, all the top prospects that are at Michigan right now are practically playing on fire. They're contributing equally to the team's to the team's success. Owen Power obviously playing his part as well. Um, I mean. Another prospect for the Sabres that's looking really well is Devin Levi. I believe the the, the goaltending prospect. Um. Uh, that they uh, traded, that the Sabres traded for in the Reinhardt trade. I was high on him last year. If you go back to the podcast where we were talking about, um, I believe it was playoff time. Um, and it was, yeah, it was playoff time. We were talking about Florida. I'm like, they have, they have um, two of the best goalie prospects in, in Levi and, uh, and Spencer Knight. And they also have Bobrovsky. And I, I remember talking about that last year. I'm like, Devin, like, don't sit on him because he was one of the best goalies in the World Juniors last year as well. And now the Sabres have him. With him and, and uh, Ukepekilukunum coming up, like, we could have ourselves, like, two great solid goaltenders as soon as they get into the league. Um, I get it. Ukepekilukunum is still down because, one, injuries. He hasn't been that consistent. And goalies do take a lot longer to develop than players do. I'm sorry to break it to people, but it's true. No, you're right there. You're right there. I'm just impressed how Devin Levi, Devin Levi, Devin Levi has been playing as of late right now, and I'm glad that he's in our system because I remember when we were talking about that trade with the Reinhardt, the whole Reinhardt trade. I'm like, where the fuck is this guy? Where the fuck did he come from? I was asking you that on the podcast, but the thing is, though, is following him how he's been doing. Like, I'm like, oh shit, I'm glad we took this guy because I'm gonna be honest with you. I have what's him? I have no idea what Reinhardt's been doing in Florida right now. Is he's he a done third line. He's a third liner. Um, he's he hasn't played bad, but he's playing on their third line right now. But that Florida team is very good. But I know Reno's playing on the third line. He'd but be playing on the first line right now. Fuck's sake. Yeah, I would just like to point out though that Rochester though. That line of Krebs, Paterka, and Quinn is unreal. Yeah, that's going to be an three, unreal line. Those three, when they get moved up to the NHL, I do think they'll probably stay as a line together because that line has looked unstoppable. Yeah, like I said, I'm trying to go see an Amherst game before before any of them get called up. I want to see that line just in general and see how they perform. I won't even care if the Amherst win or lose because I – you know, I don't anticipate much from a minor league hockey team. I just want to see how that line performs in person and just be like, ooh, ah, we actually have some fu- – we actually have a future as a Sabres fan. 
And then everybody else, like, watching the Emmerich's game will be like, why the fuck does he care about this thir- the, this line with these kids? And I'm just going to be like, because I know that this is going to be something special. And you guys just don't understand it. Let me have my moment. <laughs> but, um, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, the state of the Sabres right now, we ex- they're wherever we expected them to be. The Eichel trade is done. Obviously, Vegas looks like the winners now. And they are going to be the winners because of how – if they get everybody back healthy, you know, we mentioned it on the podcast. We mentioned it on the podcast last week in terms of who they have on the long-term injured reserve. Um, uh, and we also mentioned that just on general injured reserve, um, they have a lot of players on IR, LTIR. They need like when, once they get healthy, Vegas will be a force to be reckoned with again, competing not only for their division, but for the Western conference overall. Um, so yeah, kudos to Jack. Good for him. I hope he does well in Vegas. I wish him I he definitely won't listen to the podcast, but you know, yeah, I wish yeah. him nothing. Huh? Oh, I just laughed. Yeah. He does um uh I, 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 I wish him nothing but the best. I mean, I don't understand like why Buffalo sports fans have to get so cocky and arrogant and miserable, like when a trade like a move like this happens. I mean in his last few days, the fans practically let, ran him out of town, even though he wasn't in town, or actually nobody knew where he was. So he was who in knows? Buffalo because um, Elliot Friedman interviewed him in Buffalo on Thursday, the day the trade was broke. Ah, okay. So I did not know that. Okay, perfect. But still, don't run your star players out of town. Never do that. It's exactly. not good. Get okay. We're gonna move on. Move on. Get over it. The trade is over. Saga's over. The Sabers will be. The Sabers are in a rebuilding year. We know that. They've got the Oilers coming up on Friday. Um, your team, the Oilers. Um, I don't. They're probably gonna kill the Sabers. I mean, I could anticipate McJesus scoring two goals and having an assist. Yeah, I mean, McJesus already has a goal tonight. Uh, they're down three-two right now to the Red Wings as we're recording. Um, McJesus has a goal, but I'm assuming they're going to come back. There's 12 minutes left in the third. And, um, but no, there is one more thing I do want to touch on. Um, and that is, I know you want to touch on this as well. The, uh, college football playoffs, um, the rankings, yeah, the new rankings had uh, come out for it. And I am kind of shocked. I, I am shocked this week. You're actually shocked this week. I'm not shocked this week because of how bad everybody played. Well, I'm really not. Yes. But. I'm not really shocked at the top four. You're shocked that Michigan's ahead of Michigan State, aren't you? Yeah, Michigan State got disrespected there. And I think Alabama, they barely beat LSU, and LSU is not good this year. Oregon barely beat Washington, and and Washington's not good this year. I still don't think Oregon should be in the top four. They just don't have any respect for um, – They don't have any respect for Cincinnati. But I said this this last week, it's like Cincinnati just doesn't play the strength of schedule that these other teams do. Uh, you're not wrong there because of the conference, but once again, it's that Oregon played terrible against Washington. They still lost to Stanford. Stanford's terrible. Um, and uh, I don't know, but the thing is though, Cincinnati, dro- I, I anticipated Cincinnati to drop out of the top four, honestly, after they barely won, they barely won last week. I mean, it took a fucking goal line stand to actually secure a victory, which they probably should have lost. Um, which they probably should have lost. Um, but the thing is, though, in all seriousness, I actually anticipated them to drop Cincinnati to like seven, maybe. And well, Cincinnati was six, six last week, and then this week they got moved up to four. They moved up to five. 
Yeah, they moved up. They actually moved them yeah, up because moved, Michigan State lost. So they actually gave Cincinnati some respect this week. But I actually anticipated them to drop actually because you know of the disrespect from week one. Michigan yeah. State. The only reason why Michigan State dropped is because they lost to Purdue and they lost to Purdue bad. It was a bad loss. It was, but Purdue. Should do you think Purdue or I don't know. I. I don't know. Yeah, Michigan State beats Michigan, but then loses to Purdue. Michigan is ahead of Michigan State. They both have one loss. Ohio State is number four, cracking the, getting into the top four now. Um, and they they barely beat Nebraska, if you ask me. I, I yeah. Nebraska Nebraska didn't play. They didn't play a great game against Nebraska, so. Uh, it, it's just a little. It's just like a little like annoying to see. Top two remain the same. Obviously, Georgia. You know, nine and zero, best team in the country. Uh, they're number one. But hey, I don't agree to... with Ohio State. To be honest, you're you're going to agree with Ohio State. No, I don't. You don't. Okay, so we're on the same page there. I don't think Ohio. Um, Ohio I do... State shouldn't be in top four. I don't think Ohio State should be in. Top... I don't think. I, honestly, I don't think. Um, uh, yeah. But then I also can't see them putting Cincinnati in the top four though just yet. I think Cincinnati. It, I think Cincinnati needs to go undefeated for them to finally get the respect that a lot of people think they deserve. So my thing is, is that this week has just been like it's been bad in college football. Like we said last week, in terms of the podcast, all of the one-loss teams and even Cincinnati control their own destiny. If Alabama were to lose again, they're gone. They're gone event. They're gone altogether. The same thing with Ohio State and Oregon. Michigan and Michigan State could win out. And then they, and they could be – Michigan and Michigan State could be out. It would come down to the Big Ten championship game there. Um, it would come down to that. Cincinnati needs to win out, and they, they definitely need to win out here. But the thing is, though, is I'm still on my rooting for chaos train because Notre Dame moves up from 10 to 9. Notre Dame's not getting in. No, Notre Dame's not getting in right now. But the thing is, though, is if I if I root for chaos as much as I want to, and chaos does happen in college football, <laughs> there's a good chance. I do still think Notre Dame will get a New Year's Six Bowl. They probably won't get into the playoff, but I still I do think that they'll get a New Year's Six Bowl. And in reality, honestly, if Notre Dame were to actually get into the playoff, they need Cincinnati to lose. Well, yeah, I agree. They need Cincinnati to lose because that would help them. It's like, oh, wait, they need Cincinnati to lose when you think about it. Everybody's saying Notre Dame would need Cincinnati to win out. No. They need Cincinnati to lose because they need Cincinnati to lose to be like, oh, wait, maybe Notre Dame isn't that bad of a football team if they lost to Cincinnati here. But maybe Cincinnati's not that. Maybe Cincinnati's good but not good enough to get to the playoff. Whereas we all know Georgia, all they have to do is just control. They should be fine. They'll go to the SEC championship. It's just a matter of whether or not. It's just a matter of uh, whether or not they can beat Alabama. I think, Alabama they, I think this is the best college football team ever. This, yeah. defense, this defense is just insane. The defense is insane. Um, and they will be. They will be. They will beat Alabama in the SEC championship. They definitely should beat Alabama in the SEC championship. But these rankings like this week, like I'm a little shocked, but not as completely shocked as I was the first week because it was just a bad week of college football all around in terms of how the top teams performed. Uh, yes, I was hoping that Alabama would lose to LSU, but LSU kind of just shot themselves in the foot towards the end of the game. Michigan State lost badly. Oregon just 
barely beat a bad Washington team. But even then, the only reason why Oregon's still in the top four is because Oregon, they won. That's all that matters to the committee. Like, they, uh, if they if they would have lost, obviously they're done, and they're out of the top ten. It'll but, be nice to see some colors in there, though, because right now, say if Cincinnati moves up, Oregon moves down, we got an all-red playoff again. <laughs> all-red playoff. Hey, I don't want to see that. Up the red. But no, I just disagree. I just disagree with Michigan State. Just the only thing I really do disagree with, like I, I, I get why they put Ohio State in there. I, I, I can bring myself to terms with that, but Michigan State being below Michigan just blows my mind. I get, I get what you're saying, but still, I think that's just disrespectful considering Michigan State beat Michigan the week prior. Oh, I know. I completely agree with you there. I, I mean, it's, it's a little disrespectful there. Me being biased because I'm not a fan of Michigan. I'm hoping that they lose another game before they lose to Ohio State because that's going that's going to happen, and that that's not a jinx. Like I'm not jinxing like anything. Like they haven't beaten Ohio State in almost in practically ten years. The cowards pushed out, pulled out of their game against Ohio State last season because they like I, I you know COVID whatever you want to blame they were going to lose regardless. But they're going to lose again to Ohio State. Hopefully they find a way to fuck up a game before that and then completely just end their season. Um, Michigan State controls their own destiny. Um, they can't lose again. Same thing with Alabama. If they do find a way to lose again before meeting Georgia in the SEC championship game, no, the, then the committee's going to keep them in there. Committee will do anything to keep Alabama in the playoff. The committee, if Clemson didn't, if Clemson wasn't a terrible team this season, the committee would find a way to put them in there. Yeah, I think I, I think if you give Clemson maybe like one one give, give, give Clemson two more wins, they'll they'll find a way in there. Exactly, because the committee loves to beat off those top teams in, in exactly. college football. I, that's why I still think the playoff needs to be expanded. I do know from what I've been following on social media that the talks have been progressing in terms of expanding the playoff. But hopefully hopefully before the end of this college football season, something is ha- something does happen there. Um, in terms of expansion, I only I think it only needs to be expanded to eight. That's what I think. I just think eight's perfect. Eight is perfect. You've got your power five. You got your group of five, and an independent, and maybe the top independent. Um, uh, the only thing is, though, is that the top independent uh, is practically a spot for Notre Dame. So maybe, uh, may and maybe this, maybe it would be about time for Notre Dame to join a conference. But that's a whole other discussion for another day. I've had conversations. I'm pretty sure you have. I don't know about you, but I've had that conversation many of times. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, I mean, I we'll see what happens on we'll see we'll see what happens uh, this week in college football. Um, practice, I mean, it practically has already started. I mean, with midweek action, and then we'll see where Saturday takes us with uh, with everything. Maybe Mac attack is right. Um, uh, but yeah, you think think if Oklahoma beats uh, Baylor uh, this weekend, you think they possibly move into top four? Considering they'll put Oklahoma at ten and zero, yeah, against a good ranked opponent in Baylor, that'll actually be that'll actually be a um uh, that'll actually be a good that'll actually be Oklahoma's only good win of the season. Exactly, I think they could move them up. That's why I think Oklahoma's not in the top, not even in the top six right now because they are kind of overrated right now. Oh yeah, I agree with you. Based on how everything has been happening, but if they beat Baylor. I think they'll move in at least into the top six, depending on how the rest of the dominoes fall. Um, I think I'm Ohio thinking, State loses to Purdue this weekend as well. 
That'd be great. I mean, I'm not a fan of Ohio State or of Michigan, obviously, being a Notre Dame fan. So we'll see what happens. on the same page there. So um, uh, that would be great there. I think maybe Purdue could pull that off um, uh, just based on how Ohio State has been playing as of late. But, yeah, we'll see how the dominoes fall this weekend. Um, Alabama, uh, Alabama, you know, they just have an easy game, fucking New Mexico, New Mexico State. State yeah. So um, uh, I'm not – that's good. That's a barn burner there. Um, uh, so I'm not anticipating anything crazy there. But, um, yeah, I – We'll see how the dominoes fall. We'll see what happens if, with any potential upsets. Um, hopefully, Ohio State loses. That would be interesting if Oklahoma wins. Because um, if Ohio State does lose to Purdue, done. Gonzo, see ya. Um, Oklahoma should then move into the top six if they beat Baylor, depending on the results for Michigan, Michigan State, and Cincinnati, and even Oregon. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm rooting for chaos. Maybe Notre Dame could find a way to get into the playoff based on all this chaos. That would be insane. I don't think it happens, but it would be great. Um, I don't. Do you have any other? Do you have any other thoughts um, uh, on anything college football? Um, Sabers. No, I think, I think we really covered everything. We did cover everything. I do want to say this though. College basketball seasons officially started today. Men's and women's college basketball is back. I'm excited. Um, we will start to talk. We will go more into that next week, mainly because mainly because we just want to see how the first couple of games play out. I'm not real. I really don't want to do any previews. I'd rather just see how teams look to start the season. I know that you know it's mainly out of conference schedule up until late December, but. We'll, we'll we'll go more depth into college basketball and how the season will look um, uh, overall uh, next week. So I'm really excited about that. I know, uh, Jake, we're talking basketball. It's not the NBA. Don't worry. Yeah, I might have a – all right, as long as it's not the NBA, I was going to say, if it's the NBA, I'm going to have a stroke next week for the podcast. <laughs> so I can't be it, on. It's not, it's not the NBA. It's not the NBA. Do not worry there at all. It's only college all right. I, I like college basketball, so that's all right. I mean – uh UB Bulls going to the national championship this year. Hot take right now. All right. I'm marking that down. Um, <laughs> uh, crowned them champions already. Um, well. uh, they play Michigan tomorrow, buddy. Yeah. At Michigan, I believe. Yeah. 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 They're going to start the season 0-1. So. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, mark that in the right. Mark that on the, col- in the column on the right, a.k.a. the out column. Um, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I've got nothing else there. Um, we are – we. You know, once again, shout out to you, Pyskill, with your terrible takes. Um, you know, I, I, I can't let him on the podcast now if he's going to start spewing bullshit like that. Yeah, that was one of the worst takes I've ever seen. And I yeah. just lost so much respect for that man. Um, as a sports uh, watcher, I think everything he slews out of his ass is BS. Unless he tells me he was on some form of hard drug, then I will accept it. But other than that, I will not accept his apology. He probably will tell you that he was on some form of hard drug, um, uh, just to get out, just to get out of that. But I won't believe him there. But no, I don't have any other final thoughts other than you know, the other than I just want to say that the we we talked about the AFC and the NFL, the AFC and the in the NFL, like the whole conference. It reminds me of my fantasy football league right now. Like we have like three six we have three teams in my league that are six and three, and then we've got six teams that are five and four, 
one team is four and five, and then we've got like two, two and six teams, and they're practically like dead in the water. So my fantasy league is kind of like the AFC right now. Like, you know, anything can happen. My team right now is one of the five-win teams. And I just want to say my corrupt fantasy football commissioner predicted that I would go four and ten. I now have five wins on the season. So fuck you, motherfucker, for with your terrible-ass predictions. Um, uh, but no, um, I don't know. I just wanted to make that comparison there because I just thought about it right now. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens with my fantasy team this week. I've got Nick Chubb on the fucking co- like COVID protocol, whatever, because he tested positive. So hopefully he has two negative tests. That'll help me out a lot. Uh, I know that'll help you a lot with picking the Browns to uh, beat the Patriots in our weekly wager. But other than that, I've got nothing else. Um, that concludes another episode of the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast. You can listen to, download, and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at LHS Podcast 20, LHS Podcast 2021. Again, at LHS Podcast 2021. I have not been active as of late on the podcast. I do apologize. Um, I've been busy with work the past couple of days. Um, and over the weekend, I kind of just like forgot to share some highlights and news going around the NFL and other, and other sports as well. But we'll start getting active back on the Twitter. And before we go, I just want to say to you, my friend, have a safe trip down to North Carolina. Hope that all goes well down there. Come back in one piece so I can record another episode with you next week. And I don't need to try and find a guest, ho- uh, a guest host to replace you. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Not a problem there, my friend. All right, everybody, that concludes our podcast officially. Until next week, just keep on keeping on.